It's your boy, Rich Midget. Can you lower the mic a little bit for me? Okay, cool, thanks. Hey, it's Rich Midget here, and you're listening to Ghost on the Ox. Let's get this ball fucking rolling. Uh, like the bagel. Uh, like, a, like a joint. Or, <laughs> or whatever other things roll, like tires. Rock. The grandmas that I push down the stairs. Those They roll, yeah. <laughs> uh, rock and roll. Baseballs. Baseballs roll? Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is Ghost on the Ice, episode, uh, I'm just going to say 59, because I'm pretty sure this will be actual 59. Uh, I'm Devin, co-hosting for me today. Uh, he's upgraded from guest to co-host, from guest to voiceover transition artist to co-host today. My name is Mike Furrow. Uh Mike 4-0 to the people that know me in the music scene and for the people that don't know me, just Mike Farrell. And we have... My name is Muris. My artist name is Muris, M-U-R-R-I-S. Instagram at Muris Music. Uh, follow me. Uh, my real name is Hector. I'm a local DJ, producer, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt in Stewart, Ooh. Florida. Oh, don't fuck with him. That's cool. Okay, yeah, that's, that's cool. new information. Okay, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get into that in just a moment. Yeah. First, I'm gonna do all the little you know internet content creator plugs that I got to do because oh, you know yeah, algorithms. Yeah. You know they make you do all the shit in the beginning. You know, yeah. I used to do all the follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the end, but no, people don't listen to the end. So follow us on Twitter, Ghost on the Ox. Follow us on Instagram, Ghost on the Ox. Fuck it, follow us on Threads, Ghost on the Ox. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. I kind of I like Threads so yeah. far. Um, I get more interaction on there, actually, because, like, nobody I know in real life really, only, like, a couple people I know in real life actually use Twitter. Uh-huh. Um me, <laughs> but yeah, you and like one other, per- you and Pete. Ty Jesus and Arden <laughs> are like the three people that like actively interact with on Twitter, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Um, I get more interaction on Threads because, like, I guess par- partially because it's linked to Instagram, mm-hmm. and partially because it's newer. So mm-hmm. I think people are just like, yeah. I don't know, eager to find shit. But anyways, okay, the Threads, Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Ghost on the Ox. Um, give me your money. And then if you give me money, then I can do more cool things or do more podcasts or who knows what will happen. I don't know. Maybe I'll one day quit my job and do this full time. That would be sick. Um, buy Mike for a grill. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll buy Mike a grill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, f- get his teeth all fucking blinged up. Nice. Uh, I thought you meant like an actual like like a propane grill or you something. You know, I thought about it, and then I said it, and I was like, I'm just going to rub my teeth, see where he goes with it. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the barbecue grill at first, and then I was like, fuck it, why not? Yo, you blinged out with a grill would be kind of funny. <laughs> it would be hilarious. The only blue thing yeah. I've ever seen with a grill. <laughs> I know. Um, Local country nice. artist with a grill. Yeah. You um, could, man. Come on. You right? Why not? Um, okay. Uh, Linktree slash Ghost in the Ox, where you can find everything there. Uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer going by, like, do you want me to go by your artist name or your real name? Morris. Morris. Yeah. Morris. You were from Argentina, correct? Venezuela. Venezuela. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were from Argentina. I don't know why. I got that I mixed up. Venezuela. Yeah. When did you move here? 2004. 2004. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Straight from Caracas. Okay. Yeah, I moved to Campbellsville, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah, it was a interesting period. I moved by myself. Didn't know any English. Um, what was that like? 
different, man. Yeah. It was different. Uh, not knowing the language, it was pretty much I'm thankful that I was there because I learned English. Mm -hmm. Like if I would have moved to, to Florida since the beginning, my English would have been like, I don't know, man, because right now everyone speaks Spanish in Florida, especially Spanish, down in, yeah. in yeah. Broward. West Palm Beach too. So like but it would have been both like easier but also harder because uh -huh. on one hand you'd probably be able to speak Spanish to more people. Exactly. But, but then at the same time you probably stunt your English learning. So it was it was no bro, I'm it was great, man. To be honest, it was great. It taught me a lot, bro. Yeah. Like moved by myself, I left my family, used to to be in a big city, man. Caracas is over a million people, I think. Mm. Campbellsville, I know it's not even a hundred thousand people, something like that. So, man, it was good. I was in school for two years there. Uh, I was studying sports medicine. Okay. It was all right. I played baseball there. Uh, that was the reason uh, I went there. Like like a scholarship type thing? Or? Yeah, okay. for college. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't... Liking it to be honest with you, the weather, the baseball. I wanted to be more in like a warm weather for baseball, so I I thought in either Florida or Texas, and a school in Florida actually like like my stuff. They invited me to a tryout and ended up at Northwood University in West Palm Beach. Back now is Kaiser University. Mm. So here I am, man, in Stewart. Wait, yeah. so okay, so you went from Venezuela to. Kentucky and yeah. then to Florida. Yeah. Okay. When did you come to Florida? And was it to, straight to uh, 2006 to West Palm Beach? It was straight to West Palm Beach. To West Palm. Okay. Yeah, and then I came to to Stewart when 2022 in February. Okay. And so far so good, man. So far so good. Yeah, man. It's, Still, it's you, nice up here, man. Yeah. Yeah, I do like you, it. Do you like it better than uh, West Palm? Yeah, it's actually great, man. It came at a good time. Mm -hmm. I got a, an almost a two-year-old baby. Cool. Just me, my wife, and the baby. And we have Does your wife of, speak Spanish? Yeah, both English yeah. and Spanish. Did yeah. you meet her here in yeah, Florida? In, in Miami. In Miami? Yeah. Okay. It was it was cool, man. It was yeah. random. Random. Yeah. One of those random meets. Mm -hmm. Magic happens. And yeah, man. When you said you were learn, you had to learn uh, English when you first moved to Kentucky. I was a teacher last year, and a lot of the kids I worked with were at the school on scholarship uh -huh. and other stuff. And I was one of the few ESOL teachers, so I worked with Spanish-speaking only oh, nice, kids. Man. And I don't know a lot of like I'm I'm getting ready to take my proficiency exams at the end of this year, but I wasn't certified to do it. They just kind of stuck me in with it. And these kids, you're bilingual are, enough. Yeah, so literally, you can, you'll get high. It was it was one of those things where it's like these kids are so smart, yet they can't do any of the work that was put in front of them. So when I was yeah. doing it, it was like, okay, how can I, how can I help the best I can? What was your experience learning English? Like, how did you get to that point? <clears throat> Man, I jumped into just regular classes. Um, English number one. I took biology. Oh, so you just went gun ho straight forward. Straight forward because I had to play in the baseball team, you know? Yeah, props yeah. to you, man. That's hard shit to do. And shit, man. Yeah. I you know what? I even I took Spanish thinking, oh, ECA, whatever. 
bro, I took a C in Spanish. I got a C. <laughs> because, you know, I'm used to, like, yeah. regular interaction, day-to-day, mm-hmm. no also, textbook Spanish, you know? Also, I would assume, because I also, I took Spanish 1 and 2 in high school. I'm not, like, proficient, but I know a little bit. Uh-huh. But from what I understand is because of Spanish being so different <clears throat> and all the different, uh, all through Latin America and then also Spain, it's all a little bit different everywhere, mm-hmm. but then when you learn it in America, it's kind of like a weird mix of all of them. Yeah. So it doesn't really, not everything fits quite the same. Correct. So was that part of the sh- It was part of, the part of it. It was too robotic, yeah. okay. I think. It was too, uh, like, pro- too proper? Too mm-hmm. proper. Like, no one speaks that proper. Like, like I did Spanish yeah. in high school as well, but then I started doing construction in Florida. Uh-huh. All of my Spanish I've learned has been from <laughs> construction sites in Florida. I don't remember a oh, single thing in Spanish. I know. I, really, Spanish. I, know, I know how to navigate myself through yeah. a conversation, get my point across, maybe a little Spanglish, and then I mm-hmm. say my piece and I leave. Mm. It's like, Day yeah, I'm a gringo. I'm going to embrace it. Let's figure <laughs> out what I'm trying to get. How can I get my point across to you? All right, good talk. <laughs> yeah, man. Not the textbook. Yeah, no. But that's great. So, like, my, my students were elementary school kids. Uh-huh. So I was teaching them like, okay, here's two times two. That's four. Here's two times. And I was, I had to like try my best to spanglish it with them, figure it out. I can't imagine going into a college level course speaking because it was hard for me as an English speaker trying to teach these kids. Yeah. How the fuck did you manage? That Man, blows my mind. <clears throat> it was, you know, we took classes. Before coming here, I took classes, right? But I never had, like, a conversation. Mm -hmm. It was all reading. Yeah. So the reading part was easier. Yeah. So in the exams, I'll do better because I'll pretty much memorize everything. Yeah. Like, I'll recognize the answer, especially because we had tutors. Mm -hmm. And the tutors were, like, juniors and seniors, and they would, like, have the old textbooks oh, or nice. <laughs> exams, you know, and man, they will be like, hey, you have to memorize this. Yeah. And I will just memorize and just by living, man, like you get That's to crazy. interact and you adapt pretty much. You but do you feel much like adapt. you learn anything that way though? Like, did you feel like you retain any of it or were you just like, I'm in yeah. college right now and I, I memorize a lot of my stuff and forget about it after the exam, which is awful because I really like what I'm learning about. But that's just that's, how school is. That's kind of my issue with the way a lot of schooling is. It's just memorizing stuff for an yeah. exam where you don't actually use it. Yeah. I, I'm grateful that my um, Spanish, both the teachers that I had for one and two mm-hmm. different people at different times um, were very – maybe it's because like that's the, just the way the curriculum is or maybe it's those teachers, but – they actually had us do a lot of actual like speaking projects mm-hmm. where we have to be kind of creative with, uh, okay, here's a prompt and here's like you got to make a thing and write out a conversation and or have a conversation with this person. So you had to actually like rather than just memorizing, okay, this word means that, mm-hmm. that's it. No, we actually had to craft like the concepts like this is what I'm trying to say to this person and there's – you have freedom to like say you, you know wiggle room mm-hmm. to like be creative with how you're gonna say something. So conversationally, have, yeah, man. So I have two two different experiences because when I moved to Florida, I switched majors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you end up graduating with? Uh, or, business administration. Okay. 
Yeah, with sports and entertainment management minor. So my degree there was pretty much all presentations, man. Okay. So that also taught me like a lot, man. And audiobooks. Audiobooks, okay. Lately. 2018, I think, I started listening to audiobooks. Back then, I didn't know. Man, I was just going through through life, man. Just didn't know, like, transitions and, and stuff. Corporate world. I was competing in jiu-jitsu all the time. Like, you know, man, I'm just chilling in my office one time, and I just, an audiobook popped up. So what got you uh, into jiu-jitsu? Jiu-jitsu. Wow, I almost really butchered saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, native English speaker. <laughs> yeah, man, seriously, man. <laughs> audiobooks, bro. Audiobooks help a lot too. I always tell people audiobooks, and the most complicated audiobook, the better. Mm -hmm. So, but what got you into the jujitsu side of things now? Man, like was, was that something you were just always passionate about, or you were like, I was passionate, but I couldn't do it because I was playing baseball. So, uh, it's hard to do both. Yeah, at the man. Same time. So I still had one year left in college, and I was partying too hard, bro. I was <laughs> partying way too hard. I was bartending. I was promoting. I was bouncing. I was back downtown West Palm Beach back in when Doctor Feel Goods was open. I was bouncing at Roombas. Promoting, bartending, Dennis at 6 a.m., no sleep, Red Bull, go to class, <laughs> like crazy, man. So anyways, bro, I was 283 pounds. And one day I was like, man, like, what happened to me, man? Like, I was like 190 pounds last year because I was playing baseball and stuff, you know. Started partying. Out the window, I was like, man, because I was going to the beach one day with some girls that I met, and then I'm like, man, like, whatever. And I, man, I hate running. Running sucks. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah it's running awful. sucks, bro. <laughs> it's awful. But anyways, nothing, man. Back in MySpace, I saw American Top Team West Palm Beach. I print out the free coupon. I walked to the school like a mile away. And I started 14 years ago, man. A MySpace ad. Wow. Yeah. And that, and you stuck with it since I then. I stuck with it. What year did you crazy. start that? 2010. I was wow. 10 years old <laughs> when yeah. he walked over to this jujitsu place. Me too. I would have been 10. Oh yeah, we're, this, we're the same age. Yeah, yeah man. That. Crazy. That is great. Like when I when I did school, I did occasional like bouncing if i knew the owners of the establishment uh-huh but i wasn't a big dude i was i was i think my heaviest was 250 255 and then um i was up late all night with with just hanging out with my friends and then i'd go to class or i'd skip class i skipped class a lot pretty bad <laughs> yeah i did that in high school i did that in high school too i didn't so, where, where the habit started horrible. i didn't i didn't go to college and I'm, i don't plan to but high school you. high school dude i skipped a lot senior year my, yeah. I got so I was, fed up with school. Anyway, when, sorry. when I was still teaching, um, the principal of the school asked me to give a keynote to the seniors for their graduation. I made the PowerPoint, never ended up giving the speech because I left the school before the graduation. Like my, 
I put my two weeks in, I left. Um, the title of my presentation was Why College is a Waste of Money, Go Learn a Trade. Go Learn a Trade. Hell yeah. Well, I, nice. and I, I told her about it in advance. I'm like, look, as someone who's worked trades and as someone who's also been to school, because I was a music major for three years before I changed my major to uh, music therapy, did that for one semester, moved back here, changed my major again to biology education, and now I'm in my junior year of my geoscience program, and I'm stuck. I'm sticking with it. I, I love it. I think it's great. It's interesting. It's fun. Great. But I was like, I, I spent so much money and so much of my, my life Figuring out, doing something that's I'm doing something that's pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've made more money building shit in Florida in the past two three years than I think than most people I know with the degree that I was originally in mm-hmm. could have made in their first ten years. So I was like, look, if you and my at the end of my PowerPoint, it did say like, if you're really passionate about something, pursue it, mm-hmm. but don't don't judge people who want to learn trades. Yeah. Because there well, is... Well, trades, trades th- almost needed. never go away. Yeah, no. you're always going to need a ditch digger. Always. Somewhere. Yeah. You're always going to need a plumber. Always. You're exactly. always going to need a construction. Exactly. You're always going to need fucking electricians. You're always going to need something. And yeah, growing man. up, I had the assumption of like, oh, look at these guys on the side of the road. They should have gone to college. Like, that's that's how I used to view it. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I, I hate that I used to think that. Think that. It was like... Man, yeah. these guys have shitty jobs. I'm like, they're no. making way more money you know, than the person sitting yeah, at the desk. Yeah, you know it's what? Crazy man. You know what really cemented in my mind uh, why trade jobs deserve the money they make is two th- two things. Just over the years, there wasn't like a single moment, but just over the years, two things is mechanics mm-hmm. and how much bullshit that goes into like doing that uh, and HVAC. HVAC, Dude, stuff. HVAC guys are man. so smart. They make so much money. Well, it's so they, I, they make man. so much. Partially because I'm a bigger guy, but also partially because like AC is nice. <laughs> well, it's it's crawling in <laughs> attics and under houses mm-hmm. yeah. in these tight spaces with exposed nails mm-hmm. and asbestos and fiberglass and oh, man, all this yeah. bullshit. Like going into my grandma's attic and, and for anything is like hell. And so, like, whenever I've had to do stuff like that, I'm like, damn, these HVAC people, they deserve the money they get because I do not want to do that. Well, I used to do fire sprinklers before we met. Really? I did it right over here. And uh, I want some of these jobs because some of the people with bigger, deeper pockets, instead of having, you know, fire extinguishers in their house, they would install personal uh, uh, fire sprinklers. Yeah. And the amount of fiberglass. Yeah, dude. You know how much one of those heads are? How much? That's like a two hundred and fifty dollar per head setup. Jesus! And think of this entire building. And this probably dude, it's, it's such a lucrative business. Four of them in this room alone. That's what I'm saying. It's if you own the company, yeah, it's such a lucrative. You can make stupid money because it's required by law that they have it. Yeah. So you can charge whatever you want. Wow. <laughs> it's so. It, it, I'm, I'm serious. I've seen. I see some of these. Like I used to rather see some of their like bills and like their uh, uh, what do you call the pay sheets, and it was like thirty five heads. Ten hours of labor, seven grand. It's like what the man it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but um, but what I was saying was yeah, all the climbing above and the fiberglass stuff, and especially in the private residences, sucked. And yeah. I don't do it anymore. I enjoyed it, but I don't do it anymore. Um, but I I got friends who do keep doing that, and they also do the. And I know friends who do HVAC, and they make great money. 
Flooring. But I hope man. I never end up back in a fiberglass attic ever again. Flooring. Flooring? Flooring is I know, also I have a friend. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend that was doing that, too, like tile and, and like, remodeling houses yeah, and man. floors. And you get dust cool. from head to toe. Yeah. Like, yeah. And your knees, your back. Mm-hmm. Marble floor, like marbles. I did carpeting for a while. That was pretty annoying. Marble is heavy, man. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and if you drop it, like, yeah, Uh, yeah. You're done. So when did you get into DJing and producing? 2018. Really? Yeah, man. Okay. I've always been a fan. Um, Listen to techno since the 90s mm-hmm. pretty much i have two older brothers and they both listened to techno when i was a kid and i always liked it and i play drums uh, in high school okay uh, drums and like traditional folk folkloric drums you would say mm-hmm. venezuelan folkloric drums that's why i got excited Pete, when yeah, i saw Pete this yeah. the when you first walked in the room um so, man. so so music was kind of part of your life for, like, Always, for a while. Man. And then in 2018, I went to see Adam Bayer back to back Cyrus D in the Winwood, where is it? Winwood Studios in Miami. Okay. Bro, and I'm standing there, right? I went by myself. I, man, I've been to places by myself all the time, pretty much. Like all these parties, yeah. like I used like going anyway so i'm standing there right and i'm looking at these guys they're just having fun just two guys talking right they're talking they're like looking at the mixer like oh yeah drinking toasting people behind them i see them with girls and stuff i'm like man it's just two guys it's two guys you know like 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 us like (laughs) us yeah (laughs) Two guys who like like you said, like they follow their their trade, man, and they follow that's their trade. DJ producers, they they follow follow their path and I see these two guys just bro, they were just hanging out, jamming. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Holy shit, man, these two guys just hanging out. Yeah. And what? and to in my birthday in two thousand 18, man, I bought a mixer, bought a laptop with the money I had saved, and I started watching YouTube videos. And, yeah, man, ever since, I pretty much been studying since, man. And started producing last year. Uh, I have a few tracks. Um, are, they so, yeah, man. Any, are they out on any, like, thing that we can stream them on? Not yet. I haven't... I haven't released them yet. Um, one of my friends, he DJs at Space. He said he liked a few. I'm not going to say who, but hopefully I get to hear at Space Miami. Mm. All right. Um, I play one here at Havacava one yep. day, remember? Oh, yeah, um, we're at Havacava, by the way. People. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you were, at, you were at Rave Cave number one. Yes, I was, man. It was, it was a blast. That was... June, was it June 1st? What was that? I think so, that week. That was the one that I wasn't here for. Correct. Which is depressing because I've come to every single other one since. <laughs> uh, and I don't man. even like techno. I just like <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. like techno and stuff a lot. Ah, man, techno is so much fun, man. I like the people uh, who do I like watching the people do it. 
yeah. is more enjoyable than just listening yeah. to it to, for me. I can't I can't sit and listen to it by myself, but I would love the energy of like watching people just do their thing. It's awesome, man. Like I don't know, man. It's, 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 I don't know. I completely like sewn out when I'm doing it. You get, get into a zone. you get yeah, you get into an autopilot like yeah. a zone, yeah. Started, yeah, man, started as a hobby and then COVID hit. Um well I was doing a live stream before COVID, man, before live streams were like yeah, yeah, yeah. they think, man, no, I started doing live live shows on Instagram called Techno Tuesdays. Oh nice. Every Tuesday night. Sorry to interrupt, on. Mike. Yeah. I think you're kinda of, kinda of breathing into the mic a little bit. My bad. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, man. So yeah, man, I started doing that. COVID hit. Then I started doing crazy parties in Miami. People call me like, hey, are you busy tonight? Like, sure, like messaging me on Instagram, man. Like people just wanted to party back then. Yeah. And yeah, man. And then I made connections, started playing Miami, open up wow. for Coco Drills at La Vie. I played in Breco. Then I play at Treehouse a few times and both parties, a lot of both parties, man. So it started and, off with you streaming, and wait, how, so how, how, how long after you got into it did you start streaming? You said like 2018 is when you kind of got into getting equipment and laptop and stuff and started learning. Yeah, so 2018 I saw Adam Bayer. Then I started doing research. It took me a while. Mostly because because money, man. It was yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like an investment, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's so, an expensive hobby. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I was like, you know, if I want to do it, I want to do it like you know, I want right. to do it just for whatever. Yeah. So I started saving money, saving money. My birthday, February eight, two thousand nineteen. I bought my laptop, bro. But I had already watched so many videos and done so many research, man. Like mm -hmm. I was a a freak. Like, I'll be on my phone, like, at night just looking at the ad, mixing videos, man. Like, I'm the same so, way when it comes to audio gear and mics <laughs> and broadcast crazy, equipment and, like, that kind of thing. Because I, I, I'm, I'm into music and I, I do a little bit of amateur producing on my own, but I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not as deep as you are. I'm more kind of in, like, the entertainment and, like, podcasting and yeah. broadcast type of lane but same amount of uh cost and mm -hmm. and research going into it what's yeah. up nikki oh dope hey thank you nikki just came in clutch with some shirt on nice thank you nikki you're welcome but uh i'm in the same like when i do my research because i play i just play my instruments i don't do the techno side of things i just right. play whatever instrument i'm hired to play for the night like sometimes yeah. i'll get phone calls hey I need a sub rhythm guitarist or a sub drummer for this gig this night. I'll be like, okay, I'll see you there. Back in Fort Myers, I did that a lot too. And for me, I watch live videos of just like all the greats, like BB King, especially Stevie oh, Ray, yeah. all them old blues guys, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy. I'll sit and watch. I've heard the songs a million times, mm -hmm. but YouTube's so great because you have the song played thirty-eight different ways in each video. Each video is different. All live performances, and you can pause. And I could pause oh, and rewind. Man. So I'm yeah. like, ooh, rewind. that was really sexy. How the fuck did you do that? Yeah. Rewind. Same with rewind. DJ. Yeah. Uh, I do the, that. That's, you have to. 
you have you have to study your craft. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. You need to even more reason that college is kind of overrated sometimes. Oh my god, I can't. When it comes yeah, to certain man. things, I certain things, certain yeah. things. Music theory one and two were great. I'm glad I I'm glad I did them because I don't. Yeah, I don't want to shit on college too much yeah. because like there are reasons to go. Yep. Absolutely, especially if you're in like a high level like professional field, yeah. like what the like the. Uh, Business one you're talking about mm -hmm. and the sports. Um, what was it again? Sports management. That there you go. Yeah, sports think, medicine can talk you. Yeah, that one. So too, I imagine yeah. stuff like that makes perfect sense. Like you need that kind of education and then building connections through that to get yeah. where you want to go. But then there's a lot of things that you just you just there's there's so, stuff has become so much such information and equipment have both become so so much more easily available that i just feel like for for a lot of entertainment related things you don't really need schooling mm -hmm. i started I, as I, long as you have the self like self-discipline to yeah, self-drive the charisma yeah. man yeah. that's you it. have to you have to man. i studied yeah. opera for three years when i was in school opera you oh. see what i do now there ain't a single trace of opera in it <laughs> well <laughs> but well i would say maybe not opera but performance well that's the thing like but when I when I first left college, I, I was talking about it yesterday with Steph and a couple other people. I was stoic when I played. I mean, my facial expressions were there, but I stood still because that's pretty uh -huh. much all I was doing was just doing straight classical music. And I started my last semester of college when I first discovered blues and I started playing with the blues band. I sucked at guitar to that, and I still am not the best guitarist now. But the feel and the emotion that I got from playing with them, I was like, dude, this is great. And I, I, used to, I used to never think that I would be playing in front of other people outside of, like, just singing an opera song here and there and calling, mm. it, day, calling it a day. I love what I do right now. And it, the blues is something that you can't, you can't teach that in a class. I don't care what class you go to. The blues and some other forms of music. Like, I hate that most – this is – sorry, I'm getting tangent. But um, most guitar programs and most programs in general are either classical – or jazz. You don't really have a blues major, which, like I said, is something really hard to teach. But that, Imagine, that natural is it, feel is hard to get until you get out of the school and into the actual performance yeah. part of it. Because when you're in the school, you're learning, okay, here's like the ABCs of guitar. And you get out, and here's like... You're learning in a cage. Yeah, exa exactly. They're limiting what you can and can't do. And if you're trying to be artistic with it, yeah. it's wrong and it'll affect your grade. Yeah, my tangent's over. Sorry. It kind of, well, it's kind of the same. It kind of reminds me of what you were just saying with with like Spanish in school, because like the way school wants you to do it is like the proper way. Whereas in the real world, there's a exactly. lot of there's a lot of different paths you can take with things, and stuff is a lot more like by feel mm -hmm. and loose. And music, I'm 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 assuming with blues and stuff, a lot of it is is very like. How do I put it? Like emotionally driven. Absolutely. Where, yeah, where it's not gonna be by the book necessarily. Yeah, school doesn't teach you how to interact in the real world. That's something that school I don't know, there should be a, actually a program in school of, of kids. Like not kids, like I don't know, because I met people out of college, they have no idea how to set up their FPL account, mm -hmm. right? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Like people who who don't know what I don't know, man. 
just daily stuff. They don't know how to write a check. They don't, don't know, know how, how to do your taxes. To, they don't know. They don't know yeah. what a money order is. Right. They don't know where to get a get a cashier's check. Do they even like teach how to write like letters that. anymore? No, man. I learned like, that. I, I I so I was homeschooled up until for like my early years up until third grade, and then when I, third grade is when I started in like real school, and then even then I was in a private Christian school mm-hmm. all through elementary and middle school. Okay. And then high school is when I went into like a public high school. But I think my third grade year was like what among the last years that schools like actually would actively teach you how to write cursive and and write letters and and checks and all that stuff. I think in fourth grade we did checks. Like we literally had like a, a whole class period dedicated to how to properly fill out yeah. checks and stuff. Dude, <laughs> really? I was just about to bring up the fact like when I was teaching. I write in like a mix of cursive and print. Uh-huh. Like I my like my M's are all cursive, my P's are all cursive, and every once in a while, and then I have like <laughs> one or two print letters in there. Yeah. But when I'm writing on the board, like my lessons for the day, my students come in, Mister F, why are you writing in Spanish on the board? I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> and they were high school. So I taught elementary school predominantly, but I had a couple high school classes, and they'd come in and they'd be like, Why do your T's look like that? Or why do your L's look like that? And I was like. Because I like being fancy. I don't have a lot going for me. Let me do this. What, what, one time in... Uh, I'm what, a high school PE teacher. Please don't don't kill me. I, oh, I, I've man. always been kind of fascinated with um, language and writing and stuff. And, um, and just linguistics in general. And how that relates to, like, culture um, and, and civilizations and whatever. And um, one thing that I did to... Uh, uh, in middle school, I forget what year it was, but it was in middle school, and we had like a history project, and part of my project involved creating like a short quiz for the rest of the students to take yep. that was relating to our presentation, and um, I wrote the entire thing in very detailed cursive. Like very like proper cursive, and like I f- swear, like half of the students couldn't read it. What? And I was I was like astounded by that. They made me write a quiz for my because when I was doing my teaching, I was still in my education program, and they made me do a. Uh, my class was being absolutely horrendous. They were being kids. They were uh-huh. not listening. I was like, y'all don't stop. I'm gonna make you a 15 question quiz, and it's gonna go towards your entire grade for the year. Oh, I don't care. I was I was fed up. I was so over it because they would not stop talking. I had a class of fifty second graders and just me. Jesus, fifty! Wow. I know it was two classes worth of second graders at the same time. God. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm done. Tomorrow we're taking a quiz. And second graders taking a quiz is already hard. But I wrote the quiz on my uh, like teaching software stuff, and I put it up on the board. And. What I did was I I read them the question, I read them the answers, and the entire class failed. And it was easy questions. I was a PE teacher. What am I gonna what am I gonna test second graders on? <laughs> what, How to breathe? What is a bicep? Yeah, what is a brain <laughs> that they did not have? Anyway. Um but Point no, it was like little nose. stuff. It's like what do, what do we do when we first walk into a classroom? Yell, yell at Mr. F, sit down quietly, yell at the principal. <laughs> yeah, like the and I put I put the grades in too exactly the way they they answered. I had so many phone calls. Why is my kid failing PE? 
Oh well, <laughs> your kid decided to write down yelling at the principal for answers <laughs> one through seven <laughs> and only got the first question right was, what is your name? Oh, uh, man, you ever made him do push-ups or anything? Um, the school I worked at didn't have a PE area. We had a unfenced in field on the left side. So this is, P this is like fake PE. It's no. PE without PE. Yeah, it's PE without anything a PE teacher needs. Oh, this is man. PE without the P. Yeah, this was just E. This was just the education. Uh, but we did have, so my fourth grade class, we would have, uh, we'd play football. Uh-huh. And the resource officer would come out with us. He's super cool. I'm still buddies with him. He would come out, and him and I would be the quarterbacks for each team. Mm. And then nice. we'd have the fourth grade. It was just two hand touch, and they were all super cool. And I had them for an hour every day. I would be, like, so over my day, and then I'd have them. Because <laughs> they were the class right before the second grader, so I knew I had hell on high water coming. Yeah. But that was like I could turn my brain off and just throw football around with these kids because it was a smaller class too. And we would play, and we would all get so sweaty. And then I was like, nice. and then we'd, I'd walk back in. I had to dress nicely because I was a teacher. Yeah. So I'd have my like button-down shirt would be a different color by the time I walked back into the second graders. <laughs> but that I had a really good time with certain nice. age groups. But, dude, 50 second graders and one person is not the move. Man. There, there's no way I can just justify that that being a decision that was made yeah no nah man teaching teaching is not easy especially kids mm -hmm. man i used to i used to teach an after school program for jujitsu man so i will have kids from i think the youngest was almost four four year old to wow. high schoolers and then teach the adults at night man so the kids so, were i was gonna say what's your what's like What's your approach that you take with kids that young? Because, and I'll, I'll, the reason I ask that is because when I was really young, like five or younger, maybe uh -huh. around that age range, I was the this church that my family went to. There was a karate teacher that did karate there, like in the back. They, they did karate classes, and I did not want to be there. Uh huh. Uh, I was a very like energetic kid, so I'd like run around and play, but I did not have like the discipline or the interest at that time to uh -huh. do like what is necessary to like study karate. Well, I'm seeing all these other kids like you know doing the moves and and uh, exerting and like doing making the noises like you're supposed to like when you exert yourself and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, nah, yeah, not no. doing it. Man, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Um, we had, so the way it worked, all the kids used to get there at the same time, right? Like four vans full of kids <laughs> and high schoolers. Uh, it was like, you know, it was, it was allowed to be on whenever they were oh, yeah. routing the van. Oh, so this was like a mix of Oh, ages. yeah. Okay. So they would get there at the school at 2 p.m. The kids, the younger kids would be on the mat first. Then the middle middle kids will be doing homework in a classroom, and then the high schoolers will be playing video games, right? So it will be a rotation. Okay. So I had the younger kids first, right? First, to get them all to actually, like, be quiet, it, it was like... Sometimes I would scream, like, All right, stop now! <laughs> Go drill sergeant on the ass. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That doesn't work for every age range, though. No. Not at all. No. I'll so, tell you that in a little bit. Anyway, so finally I get the kids to start class. I'll have them run. 
do push-ups, whatever. And if one of them got rowdy or started <coughs> crying for no reason or get mad, I'll be like, start running. <laughs> uh, start running. Why are you upset? Because we're... Uh, it's jiu-jitsu. Start running. Uh, they will keep crying, right? Running, crying. <laughs> You're still crying, right? Uh, keep running. <laughs> Till when? Till I get tired. <laughs> and they'll be like, Till, but I'm the one running. Keep running. <laughs> man, till I go like, okay, here, here running off. I go like, hey, man, come in. Come, come here. What happened? Oh, for, you know, kids get mad. Mm-hmm. It, they, they don't know still their, their emotions, so they just get mad. Yeah. Like, you know? So I would tell them after they ran and they got tired or after they did wall sits, man, wall sits. Oh, I yeah. would wall sit uh-huh. the fuck out of them man like <laughs> wall sits oh man that was my time out wall in the PE sit. classroom was giving man. them wall sit time get them knees burning uh-huh. and then I would talk to them just like an adult man like go like hey this is jujitsu it's not for it's not easy you know there's and I had rules before you know before we roll which is when they wrestle and mm-hmm. stuff I Told them the rules. There's no crying. Always shake your hand, the hands. No noise. Uh, no getting upset. And always be careful. Mm-hmm. So I would scream like, who has a rule for jiu-jitsu? For jiu-jitsu? They would lift their hands like, no crying, no crying. All right. Like, mm-hmm. man. And bro, the parents used to come to me like, hey, man, like, it is getting better. Like, man, just treat them like adults, man. Like, yeah. I would, yeah. I wouldn't like go like, hey, girl. no, fuck that, man. Like, no. you're here, you listen, or you get out. Yeah. I call your mom, they pick you up, you're never coming back. Just like that, I would tell the five year olds, like, hey, man, stop doing that. Uh, stop doing that. I call your mom, and you're not coming here anymore. Can I ask Nothing, you, how, what was the percentage? You like guessing of kids that wanted to be there versus ones that were their parents put them there. Man, to be honest with you, when I got there, there were a lot of kids that did not did not want to be there. To be honest with you, not half. Like I would say, like a quarter. Okay. Uh, because it's actually fun. They get to interact. They get to like throw each other around it's yeah. not like a boring thing and but when i got there it was you know was not as a structure because he was being ran you know bad you know so man i just had to create the structure and make it fun and teach them actually like cool jujitsu stuff how to get a nice choke how to you know get a nice armbar like Cool mm-hmm. stuff, man. Stuff mm-hmm. like I'll put the TV, like jiu-jitsu matches or UFC matches. Like who watched the fights this weekend? And you saw the triangle that he did? Yeah, so I'll be like, this is a triangle. So teaching the same triangle, this on TV cool. and stuff. That's cool. So, yeah, man, you just got to find a way to engage them. Yeah. And that makes it easy. Not just for you, but for them because 
when it's yeah when man. it's something that they're like interested in for some reason they're connected to it yeah man. It makes it easier to like definitely learn it yeah yeah that makes sense so yeah man just treat them like little young little people people yeah man when i did my second graders um you know i was a freshly out of college freshly out of college or still in college but like fully online at that point in time so i didn't have to go to class and um i first I'd, i've never taught before a day in my life i got hired on as a <laughs> substitute and within a month they asked me to go full-time wow i was nice. like y'all must be really desperate I don't know. <laughs> well, my my one of my first experiences with that whole class by myself i lost my voice within the first week of me teaching because i didn't know what else to do other than yell yeah because I, I was just like second grade y'all need to give me some respect so i can give you respect you don't give me respect we're gonna blah, blah, blah. yeah sure enough i sat down with one of my colleagues um and we were just talking she's like have you just tried to please them i said what do you mean she goes try to please them one of the things that we used to do was say show us your bubbles which is when you know you close your mouth and you stick your cheeks out and make a bubble like mm -hmm. um i was like that's stupid why would they listen to that they're kids Sure enough, next day. That's why they would listen to it. Well, 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 here's the thing. Because I had some kids who would, be, who would just want to stop talking. Yeah. So I was like, whoever shows me they have the best bubble is going to be the line leader for the day. Mm. 50 kids completely silent. I was like, what the fuck kind of sorcery yeah. is this? I was like, what? And then after, after I figured out how to like say things almost appeasingly to them, it changed my perspective on how to work with little kids. And then with the older kids, it was it was like what you were saying. It's just a matter of how can I relate to what we're doing. So with the football class that I was with, it was, all right, y'all watch the game this week. What would y'all like? What would you not like? Y'all want to try doing that thing that he did or what he did, what she did, whatever. And then when I was doing the music teaching side of things, there was probably like the, the school had two options. You can do art class or chorus, and that was it. Mm. And... So many of these kids signed up for chorus over art because that was just how they were. And half of them didn't want to be there. And I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm only going to be here with y'all. You know Shannon. Yeah. Uh, she comes open. Yeah. She's the teacher there now. She took over where I was subbing for. She moved okay. in. That's how we became friends. Um, But it was my job was to fill that void of her moving down and getting situated. So it was just me. And... These kids would not want to be here, and they were all cool. They were trying to fit in with the older kids, you know, trying to be the class clown. I was like, look, we have to get this done because I'm not the one who makes the decisions. The other choir teacher does. I'm just doing what she tells me to do. So, And what, what age range is this again? This was middle school, so okay. six through eight. Gotcha. I was like, okay, so if you all give me some respect, you give me – we had 45-minute classes. You give me 30 minutes to do this stuff. The last 15-ish minutes, we can either – try and do karaoke as a class <laughs> or we could um try our best to just figure out a song without looking at anything and just write a song and cool. i mean i was a substitute so i can get away with doing long activities like that that don't really matter nice. yeah but as an actual teacher you can't really do that right but sure enough as soon as i said that it was yo mr mike you got that beat made for us and you know how shitty i am with making beats <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i was rocking that garage band just having the midi up going the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, half my kids come up and they're like, yo, Mr. Mike, 
he looks like Ed Sheeran had cancer. Yo, yo. I'm like, ah, <laughs> all right, we're not doing this again. Oh, shit, but it, it, but finding, Nice. Oh, I got, I got, they were so mean to me. They, nothing will crush your soul quicker than a sixth grader oh, with an man. ego. Well, because, like, those kids, <laughs> they, so they don't sugarcoat shit. They're so nah, mean. Man. They're just going to say it. I had a third grader tell me, to my face, when I was teaching the PE, she goes, I said, hey, can you please grab all the balls, put them in the bucket? Not JIT. What? <laughs> I was like, are you fucking, did you just, did you really, I'm going to drop kick a third grader. I'm no going to drop kick I was like, I haven't heard someone call me a jit since I was in middle school. Bro, I I don't, really? I don't remember what comedian said this. This was, I'm stealing this from a comedian. That's like, fine. There was a bit, there was a bit that they did that was literally about this, about how kids, when kids insult you, it hurts way worse because, oh, because they're honest. They're it's being, from their soul. It's from their soul. They're Ugh. being serious. Whatever it is, they're gonna pick on like the most like, like low hanging fruit yeah. real shit of like your appearance, how you sound, how you smell, like all yeah. everything. Yeah, and it's the one that you think about the most, right? Mm. Like the the one that you're like shit, like probably stink, and then you see a kid like you smell bad, like shit. I was trying to be the cool <laughs> teacher, so I would always try and keep the mood light in my classroom. Uh -huh. And one day, this one kid, man, this is the one who was the mean. His roasts were always in good. Like, he was never being mean. He was always just kind of saying shit just to say shit. And one day, he was making fun of one of the girls in the class. I think he called her a mop top or something. <laughs> oh, shit. And I said, well, you, you, look like, you look like a Timu Drake. <laughs> and he looked at me. He goes, you know, Mr. F, I asked my mom if I could go to see Ed Sheeran in concert. She said we had Ed Sheeran at home, and it was just you. <laughs> I was like, well, shit. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that one. Because a part of me was like, yeah, I, w I was with your mom last night. How'd you know? But I'm like, I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain lines you can't do. <laughs> oh, to a sick, if I was in high school, I probably could have gotten away like, if it was a high school class. Yeah. But as a middle school teacher, if I said that, no. dude, I would have been in so much trouble. Oh, but That's it was funny. fun. It was never in bad taste. Though. Like, even when, like, every once in a while, I'll say something that was a little, like, borderline mean. But then someone else would turn around and just say something right back to him. And that's what I loved about middle schoolers. Elementary schoolers? They could banter. Yeah, yeah. Elementary schoolers, though? You're a poo-poo pants. He always poo-poo pants. Yeah. And then you have the one go, yeah, well, you're just a fucking pussy-ass bitch. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. The range, the range. What happened to poopy pants 10 right. seconds ago? It's so weird. Like, the range is like. I got some... called. I One time I, I, I was walking, and I think I kicked the ball, and it got ran over by a car because there was no fence. Mm. So I was like, shit. And my students were like, ooh, Coach ooh. F said a bad word. <laughs> I was like, you just called that dude the N-word five seconds ago. <laughs> what does me saying shit mean? What? <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, it's funny because, like, I remember pretty vividly middle school being just like that. Mm -hmm. Where, like, middle school was the most, like, my class and I, we learned we pre learn and practice how to banter, <laughs> like for real, like not as a like like it wasn't a teacher leading yeah, yeah, class, yeah. but just as a group together. For some reason, middle school age is like this is how you learn how to like talk shit and how to how to dish it and how to take it. You know what age is middle school? What age range? Uh, that uh, would be like uh, like eleven, eleven to, to fourteen, eleven yeah. to thirteen, four, oh, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Those are like pivotal social years. That's what, yeah, real. exactly. That's when you say, who am I going to hang out with? Yeah. Like, I have a crush on this girl one day, but she doesn't like me. And then I have a crush on this girl the next day. She doesn't like me. Yeah. Hey, I think the kid in your first period class is really hot. Don't <laughs> tell him, coach. 
Yeah. Uh, it's like, why are you telling not, me this? Yeah, not that I need to know, but... And then, of course, my Mac was synced up to the uh, to the projector screen, so every time I opened oh, it up, they'd see no, me and Sammy. Mm. Every time I opened my laptop, they'd see me and Sammy on my home, home screen, they'd be like, ooh, Mr. <laughs> F's got a girlfriend, ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. And, of course, they keep... Because uh, I'm still friends with the other teachers, I get messages and whatnot from their par- from their parents... Did you propose yet? <laughs> Did you? They want to know. What's the tea? What's the, I'm like, I haven't talked to you or your kids in about eight months. They haven't forgotten about me yet. Man, yeah, you left the impact, man. <laughs> Infamous man. <laughs> impact. Middle school. I remember middle school, man. It was different than today, man. Social media already middle school. Nowadays is crazy, man. How old are you? 38. 38, okay. Yeah, man. What, so... What was that like? What was like? Because like I've never been. This is gonna sound like an ignorant question, but I've just I've never been to any other countries. Uh-huh. What was like your school life like in in Venezuela? Man, it was actually good. Um, I went to a school. From man, my whole my whole since I was kindergarten till I graduated high school is the same school. Really. So you have. Was, yeah, it, was it a small school or big? No, kind of like semi-big school, just okay. different buildings. Was that commonplace for schools in Venezuela, or is that just like that specific school? No, it's pretty common. Yeah. Like most of the of the schools are like that, like same same place from kindergarten, middle school, high school, like you graduate. Uh, it was good, man. My school, I liked it. Not going to lie, I liked Now that I... Think about it. My school was pretty cool, man. Back then in high school, you think like, ah, oh, like school, you like hated it. Then I think like, man, my school was actually not bad. We, they made us swim from kinder kindergarten till seventh grade, man. There was mandatory swimming swimming classes, That's man. That's cool. Yeah, like so everyone knew how to swim proficiently. Yeah, man. Like wow. yeah. Uh, mandatory music class. Uh, we play the flute and this instrument called cuatro. It's like a guitar, mm-hmm. but with four strings. Okay. Like, like a, a bigger ukulele. ukulele. Like a bigger ukulele. Yeah. And then that's from, yeah, from like kindergarten till seventh grade. And then when you get to fourth grade, you have to elect either music uh, art or cooking, like stuff like that. I went to music with folkloric stuff. Um, man, and the courses are the same for everyone. There's no elective. The only electives were those, like art, music, cooking, whatever. But everyone has to learn biology, chemistry. Uh, we have English, but it's, you know, like pretty basic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. High school wasn't easy. I, my high school was horrible, man. I failed so many classes in high school. Really? Um, I didn't actually graduate with my class, but like a few months afterwards, because I had to retake math. Mm. Were you skipping, or were you just not understanding it? It was a mix, and back then, all I wanted to do was play baseball, man. So school was the last thing in my mind, like. Crazy and baseball was that for the school or was it separate? No, separate like a league, like, like a league. Yeah, he plays since I was four uh, years old. 
And all I wanted to do was play professional baseball. Why'd you stop? I didn't get drafted. Um, got yeah, man. Play college, didn't get drafted. What did you, what, in baseball, you kind of have to know a little bit of everything position wise, don't you? Or can you specialize? No, you can specialize. I was a catcher. Okay. I played catcher and right, right fielder. Man. Scary. I imagine it's scary because, number one, catching the ball coming right at you, but also there's a lot of pressure on you. Like, you better catch that shit, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, you, you, you make the calls, man, pretty much. Like, you, yeah, you select the pitch. Like, you give the pitcher the options. Like, you move the players. <coughs> I was left outfield, and I never caught anything. I sucked. <laughs> I absolutely sucked. That's why I went and played football. Oh man, I sucked at that too. I was a fo- <laughs> I was I was also a football kid, but I was pretty decent at it. Nice man, but yeah, man, I grew up playing baseball. And what was I talking? About? What was I saying? Um, we we're talking about schooling, and then I schooling, asked you, then yes, I asked you about baseball. But the school, man, I actually like the school system because it gives you a lot of like. It seems like. The way you describe it is they, they kind of prepare you to be pretty well-rounded. Culture, yes, culture-wise. Like, yeah. they give you geography. Uh, in eighth grade, they they have this universal history class that Gosh. talks about Greece, Rome. Uh, universal history. Yeah, man. Um, it's pretty good, actually, now that, that, that I can understand what school was, I guess, with... The older you get, the more you like recap and think like, holy, exactly. I get yeah. more appreciative. So yeah, man, school was good. Um, math, the science, super hard, man. Like really? my seventh grade math was trigonometry, algebra, logarithms. Mm. And when I came here to college, it was it was easy because of my seventh grade. Math man, it was well. Because cool. I imagine they had you. If I if if it's like most people's college experience in the U.S., you probably had to redo a lot of the same stuff yes. again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Re, yeah. Relearn it again. Yep. Yeah. So, but so you already had most of that in what you we say seventh. Seventh grade. And what what age is is that is that like a different age range in that, in Venezuela or is man, that similar? I was like, I was like 13, 14 maybe. Or okay, that's slightly older. Because I was, I was 13, 14, freshman year of high school. No, 13. no, seventh grade. No, man. Seventh grade, 11. Okay. 12. Okay. 11, sure. 12. And you were doing like trig? That. You were doing trigonometry? Yeah, man. I and know. I actually, I had this one of the classes I had to retake, man, in my oh. summertime. Really? So, high school trig was one of my favorite classes. So, yeah, man. Class. So, we have our, our scoring system is from 1 to 20. 10 plus, you passed. Interesting. So the school year is divided in three. So my first trimester, I got a four. My mm. second, I got a five. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I was just, I, I just didn't get it. But anyway. there was improvement. Bro. <laughs> so anyway, so I, have, I had to retake the exam, right? At the end of, like in the middle of the summer. And the exam is the whole year in one exam. The exam was flawless. Wow. It was literally textbook. And my teacher was like, what happened to you? I'm like, 
She was like, you, you are just lazy, right? I said, I guess. Man, so, yeah, man. I don't know. I've, got, I've gotten lucky with certain exams where it's like because the exam covers so much, they only have a little bit of each thing uh-huh. in it. So, like, there have been times where I was lucky where I was really crap in the class. But then when it came for the, t- the big test or exam, there was, like, the the question that I got was, oh, that's the one thing that I actually remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, but man. that's interesting. You, you you just taught me something I never heard where the, the school year is divided into three. Yeah, trimester. So so what are the three, uh, like, when when in the year is so it? So we have, we start, well, we have a Christmas break. We have summer break. And we have, I think there's, as the second and third don't really have a, a break in between. It okay. just keeps going. Okay. Yeah. Or so there's it's, a like here, between. I don't know, man. Because like here, it's divided remember. into quarters. It's divided into four. Yeah. The school year is divided into four. Well, okay, it's semester, so it's kind of half, half, half and half. Uh-huh. But then below high school, like high school and below, it's even divided more into quarters. And so... No, they're over there. Everyone's on vacation at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, everyone actually like, like state, like countrywide. Yeah, like it's all the same time, all the same school year. It's, it's interesting because here, in the U.S., I guess because of like the seasons change at different rates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the dates and everything is all different. Yeah, like we could get out of school in Florida. Uh, in, I don't even remember like what. When does summer break start? Well, so. It'll start like a few weeks separate from like usually towards else. the beginning of May is when it starts, right. and then it ends. Sorry, and then it ends in like first week or two of August. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, for colleges, especially in Florida, I have friends who are in other universities, and I mean I'm all online, so I can do I can go hang out with whoever I want whenever I want. But my friends who go to those campuses and are out of the state. By the time they get on the summer break, I'm like, dude, I've already been back in school for two weeks. We can't hang out now. Yeah. It, it, that, that would make things so much easier. But think of the, like, traffic in Florida, especially, if all that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Going off at the same time? No, yeah. man. Crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm sure. Because a lot of snowbirds will come down at mm-hmm. the same time that everybody else here is mm-hmm. down and uh, break at the same time. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. <laughs> I offended someone at my gig a couple weeks ago. Because uh, when I sing Margaritaville, instead uh-huh. of saying tourist, I say snowbirds yeah. covered with oil. And what? Do they get offended when you call them snowbirds? I've never once in my life had someone get offended that I called them a snowbird until that moment. What do they do? And she, and she looked at me like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just gave you a stank face? Yeah. And I, well, I was like, you know, <laughs> down here there's a, there's a lot of debate on what to not call and call, what to call people, what to not call people. Um, I use a certain slur. It's called snowbirds. Um, <laughs> so if that offends you... Uh, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> and then I got, I said it. And she was like, ah, ah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I've never once in my life <sighs> seen someone get offended over me calling them a snowbird. I Dude. call, Sammy's from New York. I call her a snowboard, snowbird all the time. She's been snowboard. living here for like, you're a snowboard. Yeah, you're snowboard. A snowboard. <laughs> I, I call her a snowbird all the time, but she's been living here for like six years. <laughs> Do you like when people have requests, like when you're playing, like, hey, can you play this or no? It depends on when you ask me. 
Because I have people all the time ask me in the middle of a song, and it's different. That's, I mean, yeah, I don't, uh, don't want to step on your toes or shit on your bricks or anything, but if someone walks up to you, you're DJing, right? Yeah. If someone walks up to you and tries to say something real quick while you're in the middle of a song, is it easier for you to respond? Nah, man, I have to. You'd rather to, wait till in between yeah. the song, right? So even when I'm, I mean, when I'm playing, I play my guitar or whatever instrument while I'm singing. So I can't, like, I, I have people walk up, can you play Wonderwall? And I'm in the middle of saying a word, and I'm like... Uh, yes, give me a second, and then I gotta get right back into the song. It interrupts yeah, the song. But if you walk up to me, like if I just finished a song, and you walk up, hey, but by any chance, do you know this song? Yeah, um, do you mind if I do it in like a song or two? Let me finish this little set I got going on in my head before I forget <laughs> about it. And nine times out of ten, they're super cool. But then you have the one person who's been drinking too much who walks up. Can you do sweet Caroline? Uh, no, really great. No, no. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I'm in the middle of. I am halfway through probably the song you're asking me to play. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Go have another mojito. <laughs> because the snowbird lady that you talk about remind me of this lady, right? I'm playing a, at a place, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say where, whatever. It's a local place here in Stewart. Bro, I don't like when people request me to play stuff because most of the time, I don't have what people ask me because I don't play commercial music. So no well, one's going to yeah. ask me a song. Yeah, man, a song from the radio. They ask me a song from the radio. I go like, I don't have it. You have you yeah. have stuff that's more in line with the genre you're playing. Yes, probably, man. Probably doesn't get radio playing to no, begin with. No, so I'm playing at this place, right? Playing more... House music, mm -hmm. chill, traditional, more like dancey for a bar, mm -hmm. you know. Man, this lady comes like, hey, can you play? Um, I forgot the song. Whatever, I go like, no, ma'am, sorry, I don't have it. Oh, but you can download it. No, ma'am. It doesn't I work like that. Doesn't, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, but you have this. Come on, like. Bro, she was being so pushy. And I was like, ma'am, honestly, I don't take requests. So anything you tell me, I'm not going to play it. And I put my headphones back on. <laughs> she got so mad, man. She even wrote a review at the place. Really? Like, I oh asked the DJ uh, request, and he was so rude, whatever. I felt like replying back, right? But shitty part is that, man, it was a house music night. Bro, not even the, the owner knew what house music was. But <laughs> anyways. Um, when I get requests, if I yeah. don't know the song, like I just got it. Because I, at this time last year, I was playing in the Keys. I was doing a set of gigs in the Keys. And I have a video came on my phone. I was going to mention this earlier. If you ask me to do a song, and one, if I really do not like the song. So like there are certain country songs that are like the pop country songs that I yeah. refuse to play. Unless it's, unless one, I'm hammered. Or two... <laughs> We're both hammered. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there was a little girl, and she came up to me, she's like, can you play this song? And it's it's the, it's the like, yeah, we fancy like Applebee's on a date. Oh, I and I hate that song. Yeah. Hello, Nikki. Sorry, I Hello. asked her if I could have another tea. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I had a video show up on my memories, and it was of the little girl, because I was like, if I don't know the song, you can sing it. And I'm like, I'll let you sing it. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sing it. But if you want to hear it, I'll let you sing it gladly. And I've had surprisingly people say, okay, mm -hmm. it's not going to sound good. I said, nice. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it doesn't sound good. I mean, most people here, 
if they see what's going on, they're not going to care. I mean, you get the snobby people every once in a while who are like, oh, this is awful. But then you get the people who realize what the what, what happened. They have fun with it. Yeah. So I Appreciate have, it for what it yeah. is. Yeah. So every once in a while, someone will come up, and they're like, yeah, let's sing uh, – Let's sing Old Town Road. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be in the background going, uh, take my horse. And she's a <laughs> hammered. But I, I love when that stuff happens, dude. Yeah. It makes my night because it's fun for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I like when people like, when there's a lot of people in the, in the DJ booth, people mm-hmm. around me and I'm playing and mm-hmm. I'm just like vibing with everybody, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Boiler Room videos. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, have you seen those? Yeah, what that, are those? Man. What are those? Uh, boiler Room. Uh, if you go on YouTube, just search for Boiler Room. They do it all over. They do it in Miami, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Essentially, well, you could explain it better, but it's, my understanding is it's like literally the boiler room or basement or wherever, and it's crowded and yeah. it's hot. And everybody's like all hype. That's the theme, yeah. You're all like, like, if this is the DJ booth right here, Everybody, everybody's crowded around you. It's awesome, man. And you, you feel that it's energy. Fun. Ah, man, yeah. yeah. Um, and the best thing is, I bet with those type of things, the people who are there, people actually want to be there. Yes, yeah. yes. Rather than just showing up and this is mm. what's happening. Yeah. Like, no, they came for that. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. That, that they is came why for the there. boiler room. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, talking about the people, the people that were... Criticize, criticizing the music, man. I like the people that criticize the music are the ones that know knows the least about music yeah. because they don't really have that. I mean, open so, mind because to because they just like the one thing they like. Yeah, that's man. Come I mean, on, sometimes like, it can be validated. Like, if, like for instance, there are sometimes where an artist is having a bad day and he could be slightly off pitch or slightly off key or not quite making it as good as it usually is, which then criticisms can be given out, but. At the same time, like if you're, if I'm playing, I don't know, yacht rock, like Margaritaville, shit like that, and that's not your style, and you come up to me and go, you're awful, which I've had happen to me before because they didn't like the kind of music I was playing blues, and they didn't like it. And they're like, this is disgusting same. music. What? And I same. was like, I was like, okay, I'm not Elvis in the 1960s. Okay, this has been around for a while. It's not, <laughs> not yeah, anything man. new. Like, just if you want me to play something else, ask. Like I had a. I played the Friday Fest uh, it's in Stewart last week, and I always ask the vendors, I'm like, hey, what kind of music do y'all not like? Because if I can work my way around it just to play, because they're going to hear me more than anyone else's. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what kind of music do y'all not like? And when they go country, it makes me die a little on the inside because that's like half my set. But I'm like, okay, I'll work with that. You might hear one or two, but I'll play predominantly like classic rock or pop or something like that. And if I'm in a slower area, like I'm starting a gig somewhere and there's only like two or three tables in there before the place gets packed, Hey, what kind of music do y'all like before I start? That way I kind of know where, what to do until it gets busier. Mm-hmm. I always like to ask that question so I avoid stuff like that from happening. But especially with techno and stuff, I feel like that's – I feel like y'all already get a bad rap, which is undeserved because y'all work your asses off. Man, it takes time to, to build uh, – first your playlist, man. Mm-hmm. Have to dig into websites, beatboard, other websites, look into the music that – just listen to tracks, man. Listen to tracks. Spend time listening to track. Um, Do you have to pay for the rights to the for the music you use? So, like, if you let's say you were using like a Drake sample, would you have uh-huh. to pay for that right for the live show, or is that counted as a cover, quote unquote? You know, if I if I bought it legally from Beatport, which I pretty much buy all my tracks from Beatport, okay. it's a 
website, regular legal yeah. website. Okay, I didn't know if y'all could just like rip it off YouTube and use it, or if you had to. Nah, nah. Okay. That was my but, question. Yeah, man, we have. Uh, it's not easy to to build a crowd for techno or house music where where there's no pretty much knowledge about it. I feel like one of the things that electronic music umbrella term like for all of electronic music mm-hmm. gets a bad dubstep uh, they, 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 they sh- i feel like electronic artists struggle because a lot of outside listeners who don't get it don't realize how much actually goes into making it mm-hmm. like, and all the subgenres of it too. and the subgenre like there's just as much work goes into producing it as any other type of music it's yes. just that it's not as visually in front of you mm-hmm. You literally have to spend hours listening to the same beat over and over and over and over again. And a lot of nuance in it, too. Till yeah, man, until you finally go like, okay, this sounds good. Now what else can I add? And that's more hours listening to the same beat. Like, it's not easy, man. It's not simple, especially to, like you said, Electronic music has different, you know, genres and stuff. Yeah. But there's not, especially here in the U.S., like, Europe is different. Europe has a lot of knowledge about electronic music. Like, it's pretty much born in the culture. But here is starting, maybe here, mostly in Miami, New York and stuff, where the big DJs are playing. But it's just education, man. There's ways to educate more people. You know, I think social media is doing good. Um, I'm not a big fan of phones at, you know, places like mm-hmm. on their face. But, yeah, man, just got to build it. You ever heard the term ear candy? No. Well, Is it e- like eye candy but ears? Yeah, ear, it's like eye candy but for, for music where I, I learned this from um, – I first heard this phrase because I was listening to a podcast where they're interviewing uh, producer Timbaland. And uh-huh. uh, and he used the term ear candy, and it basically refers to like the subtle things that are in a track that the average listener might not catch, mm-hmm. but people who know music are going to pick up on it, and it's 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 appreciated, extra appreciated by those people. Mm-hmm. And I've started in the last couple of years, I've started listening to music with that in the back of my head, mm-hmm. like listening to the more finer detail of what's going on. Like, um, I don't know. I can't really give an example off the top of my head, but there have been tracks that like I would listen to in the past that listening to it now with more knowledge mm-hmm. of producing and stuff. Not again, not that I'm any kind of expert or anything like that. Very amateur level, but just even that little extra bit of knowledge that I have now, I pick up on things that I never heard before in music that I've listened to for years. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Like, you hear a little drum in the background. Yeah. Like, like, hey, man, like, dun, 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 like nice. Like, makes yeah, me definitely, man. Makes me appreciate shit like instruments that get shit on, like the triangle. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. like, people, like, playing the triangle is like a big joke. But no, like, when you use subtle sounds like that in music, it really adds, it adds a lot when it's yeah. done right. I yeah. have... One thing to go back on with the amount of work that goes into any sort of music that we do. And this is something that I've, I, it, it didn't used to bother me until a couple months ago. I, I played a couple parties for one person, obviously not going to bring up their name or nothing because I still have respect for the person. Mm-hmm. 
but I played three or four parties for the person, and I told them each time my my rate for a party was one fifty. Fifty per mm-hmm. hour, and most time private party musicians get paid way more than one fifty. Yes, it's definitely three hundred, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars for a show up. Yes, mm-hmm. and I, I I like playing, so I'm always willing to work with people. Like I I play certain venues for not very expensive at all because I like playing. Yeah, and with that being said, the the person's only given me eighty bucks for all four parties, and I was mm-hmm. told I'd get I get the rest of the money. Now. From now on, I'm not doing it anymore. I I can't. No. I can't. I, I was being nice enough. You I can't, can't lower. Can't, yeah. You can't cheapen your worth. Yeah. No. And but if one of the things I was talking to some other musicians about this too. Um, I have over 150 songs memorized in my head. I I rarely use my iPad. If I do, it's to look up requests or something that I'm trying to learn. That all took me a long time to memorize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not just paying for me to show up. I mean, my gear, my overhead for my gears. I probably have 12. $1,500 worth of gear with me every time I go to a gig, and then the countless hours I spend looking up new yes. music to try and keep my set fresh, especially because I play a lot of the same places every week. I can't keep playing the same music every single time. It gets boring for me. It gets boring for the people who listen. Definitely. But it, it, unfortunately, with our trade, it's it's harder for us to, mm-hmm. to it's harder monetize to, that section of it. It's harder to express to somebody who doesn't do it mm-hmm. the, yeah, exactly what you're saying, the, the, that, the, yeah. the work that goes into building that repertoire like, yeah. that you Just have in your head. Just take time to make it, yeah. you know, sound professional. Because, uh, like, like yeah, a, man. there's a thousand people that could just pick up a guitar and start plucking, mm-hmm. yeah. but a smaller handful of people who are, like, proficient at it and have a wide range of stuff preloaded in their head they could mm-hmm. just play, mm-hmm. like, for a crowd. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, for, man, for DJs, it's not easy, man. Like... I had someone ask me from from a local spot here, like, "Hey, how much do you charge?" And I told him, "Same, one fifty an hour. I have my own equipment. I have my stuff." Oh, I'm one fifty flat. Like that's what I charge flat. I don't. Oh, but, okay. But to be fair, though, you have to go through and get all your tracks. You have to spend all that money on everything. I don't have to do that. I just got to buy a guitar and Google. You know. So for me, it's a uh, once I and once I learn it, I learn it. It's mm-hmm. in my head. It's not going to go anywhere. I play enough to keep practicing while I'm playing. Whereas I'm sure you building a set, it's it's maybe you. I'm, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you have like a certain framework that you know you're gonna do, mm. but it's probably different every time. Like you have to you have to yeah. rebuild it. You have to rebuild it every time. Yeah, definitely. Those man. transitions are different every Constantly. time. Constantly. Yeah. It's not. I don't have. Man, honestly, I don't have a set that that sounds the same. I don't really repeat tracks. And then yet. especially because yeah. with with. DJing, the music is constant, whereas with, like, you're playing guitar, you have a little moment in between. Yeah, like 10 seconds and have, 15 seconds between yeah, songs. Yeah, quick you, song. have, you have a moment to breathe yeah. in between songs, whereas DJing, it's like, okay, transition. Mm-hmm. The the BPM might be different from this track to this one, mm-hmm. so you got to figure out how to make that transition work and then keep keep it going. And then Beat the next matching. transition. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's constant. It's for an hour, hour and a half straight. Yeah. You know? It's... Definitely mental work, man. Like, is is sometimes is is hard mentally Mm -hmm. because you have a lot going on around you, and in parties, you know, a lot of stuff goes on, man. Mm -hmm. And it's mentally not hard, Mm -hmm. taxing, like mentally taxing. Yeah, exactly. Do you do you ever get when you're at parties with like raves and stuff like that? 
and you're playing and there's people like spinning and stuff and yeah. like, do you ever get worried about people like letting go and forgetting and or accidentally like hitting your gear or yes. something? Oh man. Any, every yeah. time every yeah. time I'm every time I'm here or anywhere really and there's that kind of thing going on, people like spinning poi and spinning like glow sticks oh, yeah, and all this man. stuff. I'm like Please step away from the booth yeah. a little bit. Take like a step back. Drinks, drinks scare <laughs> drinks. me. Oh. Scare me to death, man. Like I've when seen... they, they hand you stuff over. Yeah, no, I go like, whoa, 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 like around, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, and no. And forgive my, going back to earlier when I was mentioned, like remember I was talking about how I thought tradesmen were just like losers because they didn't go to college. Mm. I had the same thought, like when, I, I, being in college and being an opera, opera performance major was so, I, I wouldn't say toxic because everyone was really nice. But the mindset that they left me in was very toxic. So I used to think that DJing was just you hit play and then you could just kind of just act like you're doing stuff, which I'm sure shitty DJs probably oh, do. There probably that. are You'll some. You'll be surprised, man. Like there's everyone's a DJ. Yeah, now. that's what I'm saying. Man, they but there's a the playlist. people that I've the people yeah. that I've met here and talking to you especially. It's just it's eye opening to me because there really is a lot of nuance that goes into this shit, and I never had respect for it until I started coming here, and I was like, you know. Oh, I'm gonna go sing my real, do my real music. There ain't nothing real about that. Shit's been done a million times. I mean, I've seen something new done. You know well, what I mean? I look Man, at it. You know that's I look, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say, I look at it. All music is real music. Yeah, I think music is the real universal language. Oh, for sure. But that's the man, that's the outlook I have now. But back then, I didn't have that same outlook. Because man, everyone, er, everyone can move their head to the same beat. Mm. And you don't they need have, to speak the same language. They don't to have an idea what the hell that person is saying that song, but if the beat is nice, you know, they're gonna. And that's White it. bitches love Bad Bunny. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> For real. For real. Yeah, bro. And yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's an expression, man. You, you make it your, your own. And that's one of the things about electronic music, techno, that I like the most. Like, mm. you know, you, you make your own stuff. Like, you have to learn how to play guitar, which is, I've tried so many times, man. It's so hard. Fuck, I man. am a certified guitar teacher. Okay. If you ever want to learn. Because I did, I, I took elementary guitar teaching. Was Holy my Was my shit, specialization. Man. So, if you want me to show you, I will gladly show you. I have I plenty of them. So, we can shit, just, we can just hang crazy. out and mess around. Yeah, man. Because I have a lot more I want to talk to you about. Because this is, this is really cool. Yeah, so man. You, you know a lot of shit. Um, yeah, I just sit there. I... I start making a beat and then I start adding stuff, adding mm -hmm. stuff, and then poof, there's a track. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, you can always create new stuff. Like I started, you know, I went to a hip hop concert on Sunday. My favorite hip hop band growing up in Venezuela, bro. Los Tres Dueños is, man. I gotta show you videos, man. It's like <laughs> some good stuff. What, what does that translate to? The three, tres dueños. Dueños is like a hurricane that is like, I guess not gangs, but like slang pretty much. Like a group? Yeah, or... tres dueños is literally translates to the, the three owners. Okay. They were previously known as vagos y maleantes, pretty much like gangsters and... I don't know, Vago Himaliantes, like, gangsters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, man. Kingpins and shit. Yeah. Man, super cool, guys. I've, I've, man, I've listened to them since 1996 when they started. And, man, and I was 
every time I play baseball down there in Venezuela, oh, I listen to that. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Good shit, man. I till today I listen to that. Like one of my favorite songs is one of their songs. Man, and I saw them live for the first time, man. And since I knew I was going to the concert, I started making a hip hop track. And I made a hip hop track. But my plan was to go on, like, give it to them, but I completely forgot, whatever. Mm. But yeah. I started making hip hop tracks now, man. And we can make a track, man. Let me know. Yeah, for sure. Guitar. I, did, uh, I studied classical guitar <laughs> too for a while, so I can do all like your. Uh... Spanish, like classical, uh, nice man stuff, nylon stuff. It's... I'm a little out of practice, but I can do it if you give me time. Yeah, I gotta figure man. it out again. Well, uh, one of my like list of things that I want to produce again, like super amateur level producing. One of the things that's like on my list of things I want to make is like a house techno ish uh, song using real guitar for like plucks and stuff in the song yeah man uh, recording well i wanted to either you have you or ian um or both even ian well hit ian up <laughs> he's a lot better than i am <laughs> well both, well I, I think both of you would be great um maybe for even different sections or, yeah or if you did the same riff and i combined them together over top of each other like i use my sounds. acoustic guitar he uses electric or yeah, something yeah yeah but um like my uh so to give you some reference for like my background, music background, I growing up was really never into music very much. Um, uh, the only artists that I have stuck with for a long time, um, kind of like a fluke, like there uh, was Dead Mouse. Nice. Really into Dead Mouse mm -hmm. since elementary school. Is that the dude with the like Mickey head? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The mousy head. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, if you don't know his music, I'll show you some later. You might. Enjoy I've seen some of, some of. I've seen the the newer one where it was like all them. It looked like they were uh, Gary's Mod guys. Oh, who were just like hanging about. out outside, and it was all shitty character models, but it looked really weird. I think I know what you're talking about. That's the um, only thing I've ever seen from him. Uh, I'll show you some good shit later. Okay. Um, and the, it was funny how I discovered Dead Mouse was because uh, I I didn't at that age I didn't really know what electronic music was. Like, I didn't really have a concept of, like, that genre. Mm -hmm. I didn't really... I wasn't really into music, period. But the reason I got into it was because um, elementary school. This was probably either fifth or sixth grade. Um, and I... Our teacher decided, okay, as long as you guys are behaving and don't get in trouble, do, do anything irresponsible, and don't play your stuff out loud, you can bring a device to listen to music while you're doing work. So for a while, we were able to do that. And my struggle was finding music that wasn't distracting. Yeah. Because for me, lyrics, with, with the lyrics, mm -hmm. I'm hearing it and analyzing it and singing it in my head, mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to read and do other stuff at the same time. But I discovered... I don't even know how. I don't remember. I don't I don't know if I looked up something or if it just came up. I don't know. But I found Dead Mouse uh -huh. and I also found Skrillex because around that yeah. same time both were really popping off. I used um, to listen to Skrillex. That was the one techno dude I used to listen Skrillex to. Skrillex was really that was like his peak like when he first like really popped off. Yeah, yeah. It was around the time I discovered him. Um but Dead Mouse and Skrillex, majority of the music doesn't have 
lyrics in it. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy for me to like have it passively yeah, man. listening and doing other stuff. And from there, I just got uh, really into it. And then I showed my mom, and she was already she already knew like what that was. Nice. And she told me, "Oh, that's house music." I'm like, "Oh, I really like house yeah, music." Yeah, man. My mom loves techno, man. Yeah. Yeah, she loves Charlotte Dewitt, 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 Dewitt. I know how to pronounce it right. What was the uh, name? Charlotte Dewitt, Dewitt. Okay. She's a Belgian name. DJ. She's very okay. famous now. Has her own record, number one, releases techno and beatport. Uh, but my mom loves techno, man. She... I like uh, Strome. He's the French dude. Oh, I know Which that one. That's that? one of my favorites. I know that name. He's great. He looks. He... He's got a weird looking everything about him. Isn't though. he a rapper too? Like a French yeah, yeah, rapper? Yeah. yeah. His shit's good though. I I can rap his songs. I want to learn one of them. So he he produces his stuff too, or is he primarily rapper or primarily producer? I, I don't know. But Cause, cause all I his remember, stuff's really good. Because I I only know that name because of uh Papa my. Lute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my friends showed me that in like one or two other songs, and I didn't like deep dive into it. Yeah. But I I didn't know that he was producing too. I'm I pretty sure it, he produces his own cool. stuff. But it, it's all really good. I yeah. I just like French. Be I mean being French, obviously, but it's just such a cool language. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, I'm glad I know Spanish and not French, but French is still. If I had to choose a third language to start learning, that would be it. It's just isn't it isn't it fascinating that at one point in history French was like the main language the world like it was, it was it was the lingua franca where it was like for like most of europe uh-huh. it was it was the language of trade like yeah. if you're from that country this person from that country and you need to trade with each other or do business you spoke french mm-hmm. to do that uh-huh. like there was a point in history where french was the main language <laughs> i didn't know that and you know french you have all them uh nasal vowels and they're uh Man, there's a certain word for it. I just had it in my head before I started talking. It's like what you actually, uh, I want to say is guttural, but I know that's not the actual word. But it's it's basically like when you see, uh, when French people are like, au fond, au fond, nuit, nuit, nuit. Like that, that, that. They they know the sound. Yeah, like that flip in the back of your throat to make that nasal. (sighs) Yeah. I think it might be guttural. 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 Thank you. Guttural. I got, I was close. Been like three years. I since only remember. That I only remember that because there's again. I, I'm really into linguistic mm-hmm. stuff and like the scientific words yeah. behind describing stuff. And th- I only remember that because uh, do you know what a glottal stop is? Yes. It's literally like when you say uh oh, uh-huh. that pause in between is yep. a glottal uh, stop. Uh, yeah. So like when uh, French people are like oh fresh and we esperanto, all that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool language. I can listen to someone speaking French to me all night long and probably fall asleep to it. There That's was... my white noise. <laughs> not race, not racially motivated. <laughs> I like, um, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Uh, my, yeah, I got really into linguistics for a while through middle and high school because I, I, um, I don't know. I fell down this rabbit hole of, uh, okay. It started with, um, middle school, my friends and I, would pass notes and stuff. So everybody does, you know, and it got to a point where a friend got a note intercepted and got in trouble for it and whatever. So I was like, you know what? Let's come up with a code, like mm. a code system. I remember you talking about so, this in one of the other episodes. Yeah. So sure. we, so we, I literally, I made the code. I literally just, this was super simple, super rudimentary. Just took the alphabet and just replaced each letter with a different symbol like i made up a symbol for each thing okay and so i just had my friends learn that 
And so we would just pass notes written in that thing. Well, my fascination with language just grew from there. And I started learning about conlangs, which is an abbreviated word means constructed language. Okay. So you are you into Game of Thrones? You know, I started watching the second season last night, actually. Really? I Yeah. So I've never once watched it. Game of Thrones yeah. and yeah. Avatar <laughs> and Lord of the Rings. Uh, what are some other good examples? Avatar Last Airbender or Avatar the Blue the, People movie? The Blue People movie. Got it. Um, one thing that those all those have in common is they all utilize conlangs, mm-hmm. which were made by, um, I think the concept of conlang kind of mostly grew out of um, who wrote Lord of the Rings? Um, Tolkien. Tolkien, yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, like Elvish. Okay. Elvish. And then what's the one in in Game of Thrones? It's... Uh, I know. The Dra- language... Draco- no. Draco- uh, huh? Klingon. No, that's, no start- that's, also, that's also a conlang. Though. That's the only one I know. <laughs> Klingon. That's another good example. The though. one with the dragons, right? The dragons talk it, speak it. Uh, there's a whole race of people. Draconians. No. Um, no, those are aliens. No, draconians. No, it, does, it doesn't matter. Game I'm, of Thrones. I, I'm forgetting what <laughs> right. it is. I'm forgetting what it is right now. But anyways, all those languages were actually made by a person from scratch. But it's not just gibberish. Mm-hmm. Like they're it not the actors. Something. Yeah, they're actually speaking. They actually had to learn, like, their lines. So like the writers would write. Okay, this is what the character is gonna say. And they would give it to the person who made the language and, and translate it so that it made sense in that language. Yeah. So Marvel it, does the same thing as so does Star Wars with Wakandan mm, and with uh, the Star well, Wars alphabet, right? That's a little that Arabesh is a little bit different. Arabesh is more like a code, like what I made. Oh, okay. Where it's basically just English with a code, like replace the oh. letters. But I'm talking like conlangers will make up a whole like history. Behind the language, was well, it like Marvel with Wakanda? They have a Wakanda dictionary, okay, that they sell as one of their like. I, I didn't know. know they went that deep with Wakanda. Oh yeah, dude, you, like uh, you can. Uh, there are certain YouTube channels that do like the deep dives and the Easter egg breakdowns of these movies, and they have it. They just go through like, yeah, according to this page right here, we can clearly see that this translates to Wakanda. And mm. Bucky's a big fat bitch. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of time, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, shit. So it's an I, art. I went, I went down a oh, rabbit shit. hole. Of learning all this stuff about language and like to, the only like to make uh, a realistic what they call a natural uh, conlang or naturalistic natural conlang, you actually kind of have to know a good amount of real language history and linguistics um, in order to craft something that is realistic. Um, and so that made me start making my own. I made my own conlang. Um, I'm not going to get into it now because <laughs> it's been a number of years since I've used it. So a lot of that is kind of just um, out of my head. Um, but no, I, I've always been really into language and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I have a theory about electronic music. Okay. And techno and stuff. Theory time. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think babies associate no because a lot of kids like techno music mm-hmm. like the beats the anybody boof, boof. anybody need anything I'm, bored. <laughs> I'm good i'm good 
Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Shout out, Nikki. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Theory Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, when my baby was born, man, he would listen to techno music and, like, calm down when mm. he would cry. Because I think, well, I also used to put the headphones in my wife's belly, too, yeah. so he can listen to it. But anyways. That's wholesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, but, yeah. My, my mom recently had a baby so i, I have a, a young i have a six month old baby sister now nice and she did the same thing and again with electronic music too yeah she, man. she exposed her to a in the womb and even now after birth um exposed her to a lot of variety of music and she found that i think it was electronic music and classical music yeah man. were the two that she liked the most yeah so so i started thinking so kids like whatever. So I'm thinking maybe kids associate the heartbeat with the bass and the kick. Tempo and everything. The do, 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 because inside the mom, sense. inside the mom, they just listen to the heart. And the yeah. heart is do, 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 Techno, house music, do, do, do. When the mom drinks something or scratches whatever, the noise, the sense, the cluck 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 cluck, and the do 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 cluck 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 do do cluck cluck cluck. Yeah. And like the kid goes like, like wait, what is that? Like and then calms himself. Like, no more crying. I saw a video yesterday. That that honestly makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, because not only my son, like actually like. My wife's friend, whatever, like their kids love techno and they don't listen to techno. When they play techno at home, they're like, they're like, wow, like, holy shit. I saw yeah, a video man. yesterday of a newborn baby on his dad's guitar, like head resting right on where the, the saddle, like the edge of the saddle, the edge of the saddle is. And the dad's just playing the guitar and the baby was crying and, he, and then he just fell asleep. Just mm. I, I, the vibration of it too. Nice. The, I think the, I think you're on something with the vibrations for sure. Yeah, right. And I'm big on I'm a science dude, obviously a geoscience major. But when I first went into music therapy, a lot of it was sound science and how does certain things require certain other, how do certain sounds get certain reactions? And I'm pretty positive. I'll look it up after the episode's over. But okay. Pretty positive. There is a theory to support what you're saying. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Nice. I remember reading something like that and. And one of my research papers. I heavily believe it because um, I, I've always heard, I have a, going back to when I first discovered this stuff in uh -huh. school, I remember showing my teacher like a couple of songs I was really into at the time. And she, <laughs> she had this, the most like old head reaction to it. She was like, careful listening to that. It'll, she said something about how that type of music, your body, will have a reaction to it and your heart rate will start sinking with like the tempo. <laughs> and like, if you're listening to really high paced stuff, yeah. it'll really raise your heart rate and like be bad for you in, in like certain, uh, if you're doing it like all the time. Yeah. You're probably sniffing Coke in the school bathroom. Probably. <laughs> and like, I don't the teacher's know. teacher's lounge was never so much fun. And I, I think, I think she went a little overboard. Like, I don't know if it'll like actually harm you, but I think she was right in the tent in the sense of like having an actual physical reaction. Yeah, to definitely, the music. man. Yeah, and how it like 
I, I think you're onto something with like the heartbeat thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I heavily agree with you. Yeah. Music is crazy, man. Yeah. Make you cry, make you laugh, yeah. make you remember crazy Nostalgic shit. things. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Music therapy, one of the biggest uses for it is for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So, like you just said, remembering. Oh, yeah. If I was to play, let's say, when you grew up and you were a kid, you listened to Oh, What a Night by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. That's all you listen to. And now you're 85 years old. You don't remember anything. You say, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Ten minutes later, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. Ten minutes later, hi, my name. You forget your conversations. Yeah. I, had a, I had a patient one time. And she did art therapy, which is a little bit different. Same same vein of doing stuff that clicks with certain receptors in your brain to help negate the effects of the Alzheimer's or dementia for a certain amount of time. And she was a she had gorgeous paintings, but she could not hold a conversation for more than two minutes without reverting back to oh, well, how did I get here? You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Man. And it was sad to see. And then of course one time, one of my coworkers was like, "Have you asked her about her paintings?" I said, no. Why, why would I? Do it. Miss so-and-so, are those your paintings on the wall? They're beautiful. And mind you, she's basically a vegetable. She just repeats everything. She goes, oh, those things? That's so fun. Animates up. Lights up completely. Like 20 years of her age. is gone. Recessed. Yeah. She was fine. Oh, yeah, those little things. I just do those for fun. There's nothing wrong with them. I love them. They, they're not even that good. I don't know why they're up on the wall. <laughs> she stops talking. Where am I? Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, just back to it. It's the oh, craziest man, thing. That's wild. And it's so sad to see, but it's so common. That's why music therapy, especially, is getting yeah. more and more steam and pickup because that could be used to help slow down the effects of dementia and help keep the person happier longer yeah. who is experiencing dementia or Alzheimer's. My great grandfather. Oh, nice, man. My great grandfather, I was living with him and taking care of him for about a year uh, before he passed away. He also had um, pretty advanced dementia, like. The, the last year that I was with him was it sped up like significantly in that last oh, yeah. year. Um, similar thing. He, my grandmother, his daughter, uh, installed like a few um, Amazon Alexas in the house, like a couple of them in different spots. Uh, one in the garage, one in the back porch, and one in the house. So that there was always one wherever he was. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily for music and for for it to be easy for her to call him um, or for her, for him to call her because mm-hmm. he could just speak to it and yeah. it would make a phone call. Right. Um, so the primary use though was music. Mm-hmm. And if you just told it, Hey, play music from this decade oh yeah, and it would play stuff. And same thing, he would hear it and he would immediately remember, Oh, I remember going on a date uh, with my wife uh, and this song was playing or like th- that, those type of memories would f- come back up. And, there was almost nothing else that would bring back stuff like that. Just any, like, music was the number one thing. Like, he would remember stuff from, like, his teen years and yeah. early adult. And, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it, it's yeah. absolutely insane. And it's, I really think it's an amazing thing. The fact that it's becoming more and more commonplace to have a music therapist on set or an art therapist or any sort of activity that can help negate the. I'm old, I'm getting old, I'm going to die soon. I'm old, I'm getting old, I'm going to die soon. I'm Anything to get their mind off of it, especially in a place like that or in an artistic venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 fuck. Outlet. Thank you. Yeah. Not, not the word I was going for, but it's the same word I was trying yeah. to think of. 
somewhat word, but yeah, if, through an autist, autistic, yeah. through an artistic <laughs> outlet, um, it, it's a really, really cool yeah. thing to see. Yeah, there are DJs like famous DJs that play at retirement homes. Retirement homes, <laughs> man. Like really? just in the clubhouse, just you know, as yeah. for fun. Like you see all the mm -hmm. older people like dancing, doing oh, the yeah, train, whatever. You know, like going back to what we were saying a little earlier about people's taste in music. Yeah. It really bothers me when it's a pet peeve of mine. Like, I completely accept and understand that people have preferences. But when people say definitively, oh, this is bad, mm -hmm. like, just because you don't like it. And it's, I, not, yeah. and I, I, it's, it's like, it's unfortunate that so many older people don't connect with electronic stuff mm -hmm. because it's just out of their element. Yes, and because it's so different to them, they don't give it a chance. That, Not that's even really a chance, man. It, they, that's that's really disappointing to me sometimes. It is disappointing, man. It's, because it's, I, I feel it's like annoying. I feel like Shit. electronic music has a lot more, a lot of similarities to jazz and to classical music. Uh, a lot more similarities than people think about. Not, it's, not it, in terms of like. Uh, Composition and like the structure, the structure, theory, composition, yeah. sound design. Like the sound design is going to be a lot different, but like the music theory that goes into it is all it's universal. The same, yeah. Like if you don't make it like the right way, it's going to sound like shit. Yeah. Like, well, my my question to you is like you. I mean, you kind of answered my question somewhat when you said you know the forming of it, like your binary forms, your ternary forms, stuff like that. But what? I guess you need to know your music theory and your scales to when you're putting notes in. But what what way would you say it's related to classical music outside? Because I'm I'm curious to hear what because expand on that. Um, like, because I kind of get what you're understanding, but I want to see if you got more. So if I take a specific example, like with Dead Mouse, his okay. like his like particular style. Mm -hmm. Because there's like a, a lot of sub, like you said, like we said earlier, a lot of subgenres within electronic music. Mm -hmm. But if I talk about specifically that. It's probably the best connection I can make where there's a lot of like, if you take like an orchestral piece, mm -hmm. there's a lot of different sections of it that will build and evolve yeah, over your, time. Your binary forms and your ternary forms, which is like. I don't know that terminology. That you're they're using. different chunks that eventually lead into the same thing. Yeah, where you can have a repeating, like a binary A, B, A section is you yeah, have one okay. section, yeah. one other section, mm -hmm. then you're back to the original again but with an added little like A prime section. There's a lot of, again, like Dead Mouse is what I'm most familiar with. Mm -hmm. So that's the example I'm going to use, but I'm sure this applies to a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that there's like um, uh, things building on top of each other mm -hmm. and evolving and changing throughout the song. And orchestral pieces are a lot like that. Where there's, there's like a core piece of it that's repetitive, mm -hmm. but it evolves throughout. Yeah, like you have an A section, then like a B, and then back to A where you hear that similar motif, but then you got like a little... Right, mm -hmm. extra like an A prime section. You yeah. go back to like a B prime or C, and then back to like an A double prime or something like that. I, I get what you mean. I'm I don't just, know. I'm, yeah, I, I, you don't have to. I'm just. Yeah. I'm but I get what you're thinking saying. out loud in response to what you're saying. Yeah, and that, I, I, I that think, makes sense though. I didn't put those two together until you said. And then the jazz aspect of it is because of that's the one I was more curious about. With jazz, it, a lot of it is very um, free form. Free form. There you go. Yeah. A lot of it is mm. very freeform, mm. and I think electronic is very. A lot of it has elements of freeform of like, mm. oh, 
I'm just doing whatever sounds right in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, especially when you're producing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe not when you're DJing, because like you can do some things to tweak it as you're going. But for the most part, it's a track you already have. With electronic yeah. music and freeform, would you? I don't know the technology y'all use. I'm very bad at it. He's teaching me how to use Logic right now because I'm off. Okay. But when you're doing a DJ show outside of your quick little like transitions, are you able to freeform? Like, let's say you wanna you're feeling you're feeling hype, 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 but you wanna bring it back real quick for a slower section. Can you just adjust that with a couple couple little things, or is that harder to do in a? No, if I loop a section of a track, uh-huh. I can keep playing the same loop. And at the same time, I can start adding another track in yeah. another channel. But can you speed up and slow down a loop, or does it have to stay that same tempo for that loop? No, you can speed it up okay. or slow it down, but you just have to make sure it doesn't sound like up, shit. Sound like shit, <laughs> I think, pretty I think much. That, that free form aspect of it with DJing comes from more, it, the application of it. Again, you correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, you would know better than I would, but I imagine it comes more from manipulating the tracks that exist in front of you. Taking a loop, a section, and looping it, and then taking a different section of a different song and putting it on top of that, Mm. and you created something new. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can have... um, You can use all four channels in your mixer and have a loop going on and leave it there and start coming up on the other channel just, you know, with your, your bass low but you know your mids high so you can listen to the bo- the voice the vocal and then you can throw another song in the channel number three with the loop on like you can actually like play all you gotta do is like know your your tracks pretty mm-hmm. much also with the pioneers you can add effects to the tracks um I like using the roll effect a lot. Makes it go like in the background. Adding the reverb also to make it a little more dramatic some transitions. Add some Um, atmosphere to it. Yeah, definitely. Echo too. Uh, When I like doing like a backspin to to move from track. Um, There's free form that you can do. And you're also... and I bet you you're also feeding off the energy of the crowd oh, too. Yeah, man. If oh, I that's, have, for, that's for all kinds of music. If like, I well, have yeah. a loop going on and they're just bouncing, oh, I'm yeah, gonna dude. leave the same loop until. And is man. I, I bet it's fun to kind of you're kind of you're. It's kind of a loop, like you're feeding off energy from the crowd, but at the same time you're kind of in a position where you're getting to dictate. Yeah. Like uh-huh. what the energy is. That's so the, like you can slow down. You could do a slower track, and everybody starts to like yeah, breathe man. a little bit, and then you start picking up pace, and people start getting hype again. Oh yeah, I like. And then I you like do a throwing in, and yeah, then, yeah, like throwing some reggae sometimes. Oh, I remember and, that from your. Oh here. yeah, that man. was sick. Reggae, old school hip hop mm. too. Um, yeah, man, I was doing 138 BPMs, and then reggae to mm. slow down, and then back again. When I do my gigs, yeah, like man. for instance, with blues especially, because it's all it's all binary forms and quick repeats back to the same, like quick chorus then right back to the verse, or sorry, quick verse and right back to the chorus. And for me, like we do, uh, it's called uh, the ragma. It's a 
It's mostly drums. It's it's called Ragamuffin. It's a stupid song. It's, it makes no sense. <laughs> but the chorus is like a call response type thing with a drum beat in the background. So like if you're the whole crowd's jamming, you're like boom, 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 and if the crowd's going, I used to have a drummer man. He would play the same fucking fill ten, for ten like minutes. twenty minutes straight. <laughs> if you he would just each time same amount of energy. Kind of like the Grateful Dead concerts, man. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, man. It's, I, I like Grateful Dead. They're good. Yeah, man. But it's like it, depending I like on acid. <laughs> That's all I know about Grateful Dead is <laughs> their acid tours. <laughs> oh, but man. um, no, when you're doing anything live, like even when I'm doing my solo shows, if I'm playing, I don't know, Superstitious, and uh, or Superstition, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm feeling it and I'm going, and then all of a sudden I see people start taking their phones out to record. I'll just repeat the chorus one more time, like, especially if it's the last chorus of the song, and as yeah. long as I'm still up and going, and I'm feeling it. I see someone take their phone out. I'm like, all right, repeating a third verse, and I'm just making up words and making myself a fourth one. Here we go. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the crowd makes a performance. If there's yes, not a crowd, it makes some shows drag. When I, sometimes I play places, and there's no one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I'm playing with someone else, it's a little bit better. Like if I'm doing a duo show or a live band show, if there's no one, at least we can all bounce off each other. But if it's just a solo show and I'm the only one there outside yeah. of the person who works in the cash register or the waiters or waitresses, it's like, well, this is going to be the longest three hours of my life. Yeah. yeah. Longest four hours of my life. Been there many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so now we're coming up on two hours. So I want to wrap up and ask my final question here for you. Do you have any paranormal experiences? Bum, bum, uh, bum. Ghosts, aliens, extraterrestrial stuff, Man. crazy visions or dreams, um, anything of that nature. Do you have any interesting yes. experiences and stories? Yes. That was a confident yes. I'm excited. Man, <laughs> we were back in 2020, man, when this whole COVID shit was going on, whatever. My wife and I were at a park down in Broward, Cold Springs. Uh, it was dark, in front of a lake. And we always talk about aliens, man. Always, always, man. Do you believe in aliens? Oh, man, they're everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. We started seeing dots of lights mm. for like two minutes going. They disappeared as soon as they got to the moon. Like they were like all across the sky for like two minutes, man, like dots of lights. And they weren't like shooting stars or nothing? Nothing. It was like a constant, like a float. Literally, like cool. just like uh, like point A to point B, or like in a like swirling, or point A to point B. They would like just it was flying across the same like same start and end point each time. Yeah, like they'll just appear from one. Like they'll be like like a line. Yeah, line sometimes two at a time, but always the same line. They'll appear, disappear, huh. appear, disappear for like two minutes, man. And they're moving slow. You know, some of them were slow, some of them were fast. Okay. Oh, that, they're that actually makes like that makes it more sketchy. Yeah, yeah, that makes it more less likely yeah. to be like a light. So I I think I saw something then. Yeah. Oh, I hope I did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, bro. But I went on a ghost tour, uh St. Augustine. I didn't see anything though. No. 
No, I wish I did. Too. I didn't see anything. I went. I did the same. So I did did I, I didn't see nothing either. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember one time back home after baseball practice, I was in the back seat, and I always used to bark at people. Right, just. A kid barking at people from the window. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's why I was making sure. I, yeah, thought, I thought you said kid barking, but I was like, no, he's probably talking about his dog. No, we just yeah, confirmed no. it was kid barking. Got it. But I remember, yeah, man. I don't know. I didn't bark at this lady, whatever. But I saw a lady on the side of the road. Boom. And then I remember looking at the advisor. My mom was trying to go. There was no one behind. I turned around. There was no one. So I guess I saw a lady with a dog. Um, she disappeared. Yeah, man. What? At work, uh, when I was working at a an apartment complex in West Palm Beach. This has got a whole series. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> um, I remember one of the of the guys passed in the first floor next to a fire alarm, the panel, and that thing never had issues. And then one time it was beeping, 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 and the the trouble signals were like everything was green, just the panel beeping. And I was working, and I knew this guy, older guy, super, you know, passed away by himself. His name was Mike. And then, man, that thing keeps beeping, beeping. Nothing goes on. All of a sudden, I think, Mike, is that you? Stop playing with fire alarm, man. Bro, fire alarm, stop. Stop beeping that what? day. That's fucking crazy. Fucking nuts, man. Like, till this day, man, like, I still remember the story of Mike and the fire alarm, man. Yo. Like, and, you know, and that building was an assisted living facility. So it had a lot of people, like, passed in that building. Mm. So they're there, man. They're here. They're maybe here, like, listening to us. I don't know. You just don't mess with them. Like, you know. What do you think is more likely, aliens or ghosts? Ooh, a good question. Man. In general? In general, most likely ghosts. Because I think they're, they're just here, but in another dimension, when we see them, is that they somehow cross here or communicate. But I disagree with you. Yeah, I think aliens are more like because there's just so much more in the universe than just us. It's almost that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's almost ignorant to think but, that there's nothing else out there. But what's more likely from like a physics standpoint, aliens coming from super far away or ghosts that are from people that are already here? I still want to go with aliens. So? I, I still I I truly think that I, I personally believe in both. But if I had to choose one, I would think that there's a higher chance of us one day finding out they were aliens than us one day finding out ghosts are definitely 100% real. <laughs> I take the Joe Rogan approach that I, I hope okay. and I, I want to believe in both, but I just don't know. Yeah. I don't have a solid, like, yes or no belief on either one. I'm skeptical. But I want I want it to exist, but I just don't know. Me too. I want aliens to exist, man. Yeah. I know ghosts. Ghosts, yeah. They're, they're here. But aliens, man, it would be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. My, my, like, 
my hang up, my only hang up with when it comes to like ghosts and spirits and stuff is what what's the logic behind what ghosts cross over and what which ones don't and why? Yeah. Like what's why do we sometimes experience them and sometimes don't? And I've heard like I I grew up Catholic and I'm still very much Christian. I'm this big part of my life is my faith. But one of the things for me is that like when I was Catholic, I I've heard some Catholics say, you know, purgatory is where is basically just on earth and that's what ghosts are to us. Oh. Then I've had other never thought about it like that. Other Catholics say, uh, no, you're crazy. And then I, I personally think that it's just a uh I, maybe I've seen too many sci-fi movies, but where it's like you got unfinished business here or you're worried that something's going to happen to your loved ones, so you just want to stick around for a little while longer and just watch over them. Like you can't necessarily do anything t- for them or against them, but you just want to you want to make sure they're okay, so you stay and protect them. Um, my grandpa passed away 10 years ago, and for the first couple years after he passed away, I would have dreams where him and I would just catch up, and that was an once a month thing and it'll be so vivid and we talk and and it would get me through anything that I've ever had and I recently I, I don't want to say I forgot about him but you know I've it's been 10 years I've kind of grown my own way and the other night I had another dream where I, I I woke up in the dream I woke up I came into consciousness in the dream in his old house and I walked out the glass sliding door and he was sitting there in all white at his at at the t- table he had, and he was like, "Come sit down, let's talk." And I, I it was the, one of the best dreams I've had in a long time. And we just I, caught up on everything. You know, I sort of tor- kind of lean towards the belief that spirits and aliens are actually one in the same, and it's actually like Mormons, like it's more of an interdimensional thing, that it's not necessarily spirits of mm. humans or Aliens from another planet, but but beings from another a higher dimension that you, we can't experience. Do you believe in like legitimate multiverse shit or I believe like that, Schrodinger's cat shit? I believe that it's a possibility. I don't mm. I don't live my life necessarily with that in the background of my mind, like uh. dictating how I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I believe that it's a possibility. Yeah, like I don't see gonna, why not. You're not gonna cancel it out, but you're also not gonna freak out over it yeah yeah valid yeah nice any other notable experiences that's the face of someone who's really thinking yeah nah when i was a kid i saw (laughs) nah but (laughs) no i saw lights at the beach one time just like a blue dot that appear a few times and it did like an L shape and then disappear. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that was back home. I was like 10 at the time. I remember laying at the beach, looking at the sky, a few friends. Um, oh man, I wish I had more. I wish I had more time. too. The closest that my alien and paranormal experiences go is seeing lights, but most of the time I feel like it was like drones. Because it was more recent year okay. experiences where drones are a lot more like commonplace. And it's usually at night where you see like two or three lights that are moving together and you can't really get a good look at it because like the car 
thing is in the way or like uh-huh. it's behind a tree or whatever. So I've seen that where I never got a good look at it, but I feel like it was a drone. And the other thing was I've had like really vivid or very like impactful dreams. Um, and the dream aspect of it is another reason why I lean towards the extra dimensional aspect. Cause I think consciousness plays a part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, have you ever had an out of body experience? No, that was one, that that was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Scary. What? what do you feel? I was uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you said no, extra, I mean that was that was kind of it. Um, I after my first my first seizure, I uh, remember sitting on like the ottoman at my dad's house, and I was reading, and then next thing you know, I'm still reading and I'm still retaining everything but I'm seeing myself from about 10 feet away setting everything was it was and I was still reading and it didn't bother me until I kind of came back to myself like I I, I was able to look around my house without looking around my house walk around see what everyone was doing and I came back to my 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 myself and it was the most surreal thing ever and it terrified me because I don't know how it happened I don't know how it started Oh, shit. I don't necessarily want it to happen or want it to start again because I don't know. I've, I I just watched, uh, uh, what's that? Damn it, what's that one movie that just came out? Uh, is it Insidious, The Red Door? Is it Insidious? I think so. Oh, shit, I knew Insidious came out. Yeah, uh, but they but they have like the, it's like the Dreamwalkers or whatever it's called where oh, you're man. like, you can see yourself outside your body and enter that dimensional plane where there's dead people are, like almost exactly what you're describing. And now that I've seen that movie, I'm like, oh, fuck, I never want to do that again. I'm going to get my ass jumped by a ghost. Oh, man. <laughs> I've had a few notable um, psychedelic experiences where the, the, the level of energy that you're experiencing is very different than a normal sober experience. But I, I couldn't – that further led me to believe the interdimensional and consciousness – stuff that I was talking about rather than like God or, Mm. or, um, aliens or ghosts, whatever those psychedelic experiences led me to believe in a interconnecting energy, Mm. but not necessarily spirits. Mm. Not yet. Cause I haven't yet had that. Well, any final thoughts guys? Um, I did not mention my Instagram earlier. It has been bothering me this whole time. I think you did. I said my name. I didn't say my Instagram, which is oh. similar, though. Mike 4 O music, number oh. four, letter O. But I thought my, you did give your Instagram earlier. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, at least I don't think I did. If I, I did, I'm going to feel like an idiot when I listen to this later on. <laughs> but uh, uh, What I'll do is I'll if you did, I'll cut it out. What a guy. So that it makes this conversation make sense. What a guy. There Thank you. you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but leave that in there. That way we can constantly ponder if we did or not. But uh, my final thought is this has been really cool. I think I've learned more about electronic and the process of it than in the past two hours than I have my entire life up to this point. Nice. And over the past couple months, knowing you, especially in being around this area, I've definitely come to respect all kinds of music a lot more. Appreciate and it. I'm grateful that y'all kind of welcomed me into that because before, like even when I first started doing my live music, I still kind of had that lingering impression of like DJs just hit a button. That's all they do. But after being out here and hanging out, it's really cool to see, see the way see, everyone yes. works. Yeah, exactly. That, that's nice. my final thought. Appreciate it, man. Nice. Thank you for the invite. 
Uh, let's do it again, man. Yeah. Any let's get together again? Absolutely. Let's make some tracks. Possibly, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, possible man. collab. Yeah. Do, do you have any um things? Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? Uh, Streams or anything like that? I'm playing July 22nd in West Palm Beach uh, at the Art Design. Uh, is this place? Has an open area. It's going to be a phone party, so mm, nice. should be fun, interesting. Nice. Um, Never been to a phone party. Yeah, I hear some wild stuff gets done in a while. But, oh yeah. man, I can't even. We going, Devin? Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me know. <laughs> uh, hit me up on Instagram. Um, I have one. What's that Instagram again? Oh, Morris Music. M U R R I S and the word music. Uh, my SoundCloud is there too. A uh, bunch of sets. My YouTube is there. Um, yeah, man. So far, July 22nd. Awesome. Yeah. And how often do you? Because uh, I, I see you go live occasionally. Do you have like a schedule or just do it whenever you feel like? I try doing it at least once a week. Okay. I I was doing a regular Techno Tuesday show. Uh, but, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so my schedule has to be adjusted. So, yeah, once a week sometimes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So follow Morris Mur Music. Morris Music. Morris, yeah. Morris Music. Uh, tune into the live streams whenever he goes live. Um, thank you, people, for listening. Thank you guys for coming. Absolutely. I appreciate you thank guys. Thank you for having us. Um. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, threads, all the same, Ghost on the Ox, patreon.com slash Ghost on the Ox. Um, thank you once again to Hava Kava for letting us record here. Um, shout out to Nikki bartending and Woo. to uh, Eric that popped his head in a second Woo. ago. All right. Um, wash your hands.